Okay, quick message at the top. I'm afraid it's going to be a bit of a sad episode. I'm afraid there's been a death in the podcasting family. I'm afraid, listeners, that John's fish has in fact died. One of. One of. One of. I mean, but at least it's not you. It's not me. No, I'm still here. No. That's you know, small mercy. You know, could it could it, could it could have been anybody? It could have been. Yeah, it could have happened to anyone. But yeah, my it is very sad. There's <laughs> my longest lived goldfish. Mm-hmm. One of the the last of the original. Two that, that I started with, mm. Place Jones, mm. has gone to meet Befinda Carlisle in heaven now, in fishy heaven. Oh, fishy plant pots? No, no, because, so she passed away over the weekend, oh. and it was very sad, mm. and regular listeners will know that my usual routine for burying dead goldfish, because it, it does happen on a fairly regular basis, <laughs> is to give them a nice little grave in, in a plant pot out of my balcony. <laughs> But when Harry... (laughs) That never gets old. Yeah, when Harry learned about this, he decided that that was somehow freakish and weird. (laughs) Where are they going to go? They're just going to sit there and rot away and your plants have not thrived. No, I mean, this may be why my annual attempts to grow sunflowers tend to fail miserably. (laughs) You're growing sunflowers from a sixth balcony as well. (laughs) Sixth floor balcony. Like, there's multiple problems here. Okay, well, anyway, so because... They're not in direct sun (laughs) for the majority of the day. Look, save it for our gardening podcast, okay? All right, okay. Uh, But yes. Sunflowers. Sunflowers, okay for... They're not fish flowers, are they? No, okay, fine. They still get a bit of sun up here. It's maybe indirect, but it's still there. (laughs) Sure. Okay, sure, whatever, yes. Anyway, because of you constantly shaming me for this technique, I thought this time, okay, fine, I will take a different approach. I don't want to just throw it away, though, you know, it, it deserves, place deserves better than that, you know. She's been a constant companion for about five or six years now. Mm-hmm. So I fished her out and put her in a, um, I laid her out in a little clear plastic Tupperware box that I had in my cupboard. And then I got in the lift from my six-story balcony mm-hmm. and took her downstairs to the canal to throw her into the water. Unfortunately, uh, my next door neighbours, who <laughs> don't speak very good English, <laughs> were, um, it, were just happening to travel down the lift at the same time as me. So mm-hmm. they just saw their neighbour, who they don't really know, um, standing in a lift with a Tupperware box filled with a dead, a very large dead goldfish. How did they react to that? Well, they looked at me funny, and then I kind of tried to explain, you know, what I was doing. I know this looks weird, guys, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my fish has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of, they really don't speak very good English at all. So mm. they kind of just like nodded and smiled and then looked slightly terrified. And yeah. I think they have some reservations about living here now. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be invited to the next like social. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough. Fair enough. <sighs> it's a very sad time. Yeah. Rest in peace. Let's raise a glass to Place Jones. To Place Jones? To Place Jones. Rest, rest in peace. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels and spin-offs to The Terminal. Yes. Starring Tom Hanks, directed by Steven Spielberg. What could go wrong? We're also going to be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with their listener submissions later in the episode. But first, we're going to talk through some of our favourite moments and a bit of a plot summary as well. Mm-hmm. I am Harry, the host with the most carbon-neutral lifestyle Okay. of the two of us. Oh, very fine. Yeah. And joining me as always, the host who has to take 
at least one return flight every year for the annual European Gay Fest. It is John Lucas. I'll have you know I'm taking the ferry next year, so stick that up your pipe and smoke it. Oh, okay, wow. Very good. Yeah, good offsetting. Well done. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to fly to Vegas or something with the savings, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, great. So the terminal. The terminal. This was something you chose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had not seen this film. No. No. It was all right. Yeah. I had really mixed feelings about this film. I thought you were going to have more negative feelings than that. Uh, so did I. This is the thing. I really, with only a basic knowledge of the plot, I was like, mm. this is either going to be really fucking boring mm-hmm. or really fucking worthy. And I don't know, there were, it's weird. I was watching this film and there was a lot of it that I thought, this is nonsense. Yes. Yeah, so this it's, is it's, it's weird, right? Absolute nonsense. <laughs> like the plot's not that, Difficult to grasp. No, but there's just so much nonsense around it. There is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the, the central plot, and then there's so many unnecessary side plots, which we'll, we'll discuss at length, I'm mm, sure. Mm. But yeah, th- there was a lot that really wound me up about this film. That and there were a couple of times where I was actively like shouting at the screen, like, oh, "Come on!" <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine what some of the big ones were. Yeah. We'll get to them when we get to them. But with all that said, I feel like every criticism of, I could make of this film, Steven Spielberg would be like, "Yeah, no." That's what I wanted to make. You know, <laughs> yeah. it is yeah. pure uncut Spielberg. You know, it's, mm, it, it is really is, isn't it? It is. It's just so unbelievably strongly average. Yeah, exactly. But it's also got it's the, the best average you can get. Well, I wouldn't say it's the best average. I know, I know what you mean though. It's like it's it, it's nonsense. It's a fairy tale. It's sappy. It's sentimental. But that's exactly what the films he likes to make. Mm. Like he wants he wants to make clearly a sentimental film. Mm. And God damn, if Tom Hanks just doesn't sometimes just get me yeah like he's just such a gift that yeah. man like that, that's that's why i picked this film because yeah. I've, i watched this maybe over 10 years ago i'm not sure yeah. and i remember just like okay this is one of those tom hanks roles mm. that he just he he's lost in the role mm. you can't see tom hanks for the character that he's playing yeah I, I I'd, guess... say this, I'd say this is up there with like forrest gump and apollo 13 and other major roles that he's played not Film quality. No, but in terms of his performance, I wouldn't say this is like a career best moment for him, but I was like, Tom Hanks with an East, a thick Eastern European accent, this mm. is going to be a train wreck. Mm. And then I kind of bought into it. Yeah, like, big he's, time. He's really good. Like, and it's such a no-brainer as like, oh, Tom Hanks, shocker, good actor. Like, but, <laughs> It was like, I think Hanks and Spielberg, it's like, it's like Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. It's like, it, when it's it works, it works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, some people, he's just the perfect match of like, sensibilities and you know yeah. to the point where I always forget that Forrest Gump isn't a Spielberg film because mm. it feels like you know very much in that and it's also mm. it's a Robert Zemeckis film and obviously it is when you think about all this technical stuff that happens in that film yeah. but I always forget that that's not one of theirs but they have done five films together Spielberg, Spielberg. and Hanks yeah mm. this is the only one of the five that didn't get nominated for any Oscars so it's the I'm not surprised no no me neither yeah <laughs> and I think it's the, it might be the lowest grossing of the five it was a bit of a flop not a huge flop mm. but it definitely didn't it was like a disappointment. Do you know what the other four were? Yes. Uh, so there was The Post, which might have made less money, but mm. it certainly got Oscar nominations. I forgot that was Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, there is Catch Me If You Can, which we could have done, but we did this instead. So yeah. I'm sure it'll come up another time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Still very much on the list. Great, great, great. Yeah. I, I, I just thought this would definitely be an interesting one to talk about. To be fair, you're right. I've got a lot of thoughts. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, the Road to Perdition, which I've not seen. I've not heard of it. No. And Bridge oh, of Spies. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, Bridge of Spies. Uh, Rose Vision might be another Spielberg film that Tom Hanks isn't in. Yeah, sorry. Bridge of Spies and uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 
Yeah, some good films in there. There's some good, yeah, like I say, they are a good match. Mm. You know, in terms of yeah, sensibilities, very, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing with this film is, one of the things with this film, there are so many wild tonal shifts. You know what I mean? Like from pure ridiculous comedy to mm-hmm. light rom-com to, oh my God, Tom Hanks is crying and now I'm crying too. You know mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's crazy. Like, and, and only somebody as good as, I think only an actor as good as Tom Hanks and a director who knows how to push buttons in the way Steven Spielberg can. Mm-hmm can make that work because I feel like in different a different actor a different director this film would have been 10 times as much of a mess as it already is big time it's yeah. like oh, I think Tom Hanks mess, is but... maybe the only person who could have pulled this off yeah I think the same I yeah. think anybody else would have had too much or not enough charisma definitely yeah just the right amount mm, yeah because I'm thinking of like the first 10 minutes it's more or less a comedy or it's played in a it's a comedy for, for most yeah. of it way more than I remembered yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, true, yeah. It's, like, it's... The memorable mit- bits in this film are not really comedic bits. Mm. Well, like, the first ten minutes are played pr- fairly comedically or, like, quite f- fairly flat, not particularly mm. emotional highs and lows. And you kind of feel like you know what this film's building to. And then you just get this moment when Tom Hanks sees the news report where mm. he start, finds out his country's at war and it, it all falls into place. And honestly, Tom... I was trying to, like, figure out, like, why, what is it? What specifically makes Tom Hanks so good? Mm-hmm. Like... Apart from, like, yes, he's a very good actor, which, you know, yeah. no-brainer. But I feel like he's almost like the human version of Puss in Boots from Shrek 2. <laughs> like it's, he's just got these eyes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, his eyes in that scene when he sees the fight, he literally does the cat face. Like, not... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. his eyes get, like, ten times bigger, and he's just... He's really... And the, the movie just stops dead, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm feeling something here. Like, mm-hmm. It was surprising. Mm. Very inconsistent film... Lots of stuff that didn't work for me, but um, didn't hate it, and I thought I'd hate it. So, mm. what about you? Yeah, I thought you'd hate it too. Mm. I'm disappointed I didn't. But, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, not really. I don't ever want to hate something because that's a ridiculous way to look at films. But mm. I was surprised. Yeah, I was definitely surprised to enjoy it. Although, well, I'm getting the impression you're not like about it. No, no, it, which, it, it, which is good. I have lots and worst. lots of things to. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. There's lots of stuff. I thought this is insane. <laughs> But, and, but they're all things I'm excited to talk about. So yeah. there's been films in the past where I've just been like, oh, that sucked, or that was boring. Mm-hmm. No, this film certainly made me think and feel things. So mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of a two-hour viewing experience, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a bit of bad news. It seems that your country has suspended all traveling privileges on passports that have been issued by your government. And our State Department has revoked the visa that was going to allow you to enter the United States. That's it in a nutshell basically, right? Anyway, it seems that while you were in the air, there was a military coup in your country. Now, most of the dead were members of the Presidential Guard. They were attacked in the middle of the night. It was a terrible firefight. Uh, They got it all on GHN, I I think. Anyway, there were very few civilian casualties, so I'm sure your family's fine. Mr. Navorsky, your country was annexed from the inside. The Republic of Krakosia is under new leadership. Krakosia! (laughs) Krakosia! Krakosia. Right. Mm. I don't think, uh, I don't think he, he gets it. Okay. Okay, so the terminal plot summary. Hmm. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this film has, like, there's the one main plot. four plots. There's, like, four there? or five subplots of varying degrees of, does this need to be here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Tom Hanks' this bit. Tom Hanks is a man named Victor something. 
Yeah, I didn't write it down, sorry, but yeah. Victor, Eastern European last name. Yes. Uh, Straczynski from, something. From yeah. the made-up country of Krakosia. Krakosia. I have such a problem with made-up countries in <laughs> films. Why? They always have this... Because the, the names always sound like the first draft. Like, you can imagine the meeting, the script meeting, when they're like, oh, we'll say he's from some Eastern European country, I don't know, Krakosia. We'll think of a more plausible name later, but for now, let's just call it Krakosia. Mm. And then they just stuck with Krakosia. What's wrong with Krakosia? It just sounds false to me. I'm, I'm a geography nerd. It sounds false to me. Yeah. It just... Obviously, it's Eastern Europe. I'm, I'm guessing it's like yeah, Kazakh- yeah. around Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan kind of region. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, Krakosia? Okay, imagine this. The country Uzbekistan is not a country. Yeah. But then somebody makes a film and they make a, make a country called Uzbekistan. Yeah. Well, but, uh, Would you okay. believe that as a real country? Because, like, that sounds bonkers. It does, but, okay, and I'm going to be a nerd here, but the stands, that that whole region are Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, uh, Kyrgyzstan. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a naming convention there. They're, they're, they're actually... The countries in that region all have similar names. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whereas Krakosia, it just it just sounds false to me. That's all I can say. All right? Yeah. And interesting fact, uh, language-wise, well, we'll get to the language stuff, but Tom Hanks <laughs> is speaking Bulgarian in this film. All right. And I've I didn't speak Bulgarian, but I've been there for a few weeks, um, and I so I, I picked up on a few words, and I was like, "Is he speaking?" And then I checked up, and I was like, "Yeah, Tom Hanks apparently his father-in-law is Bulgarian, and mm-hmm. so he picked up clearly enough Bulgarian to speak it, mm-hmm. sounding fairly confident and fluent in it." Mm-hmm. So Tom Hanks is speaking Bulgarian in this film, even mm-hmm. though his character is not Bulgarian. Well, that works. I mean, yeah, no, no, that's fine. Unless you're from Bulgaria, in which case it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But for most viewers, fine. Well, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a made-up country, and like different countries do speak different languages. Yeah. Bulgaria is two borders away from Russia, and in this film, Krakosia borders Russia, I think they yes. said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it absolutely does, yeah. It works. I mean, everything borders Russia. Yeah. Well, we don't, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we may, may do one day, John. Yeah. Can you see Russia from your house? Not yet. Okay. Um, so, Tom Hanks arrives in this airport. He tries to get through baggage control... And uh, his passport gets rejected. Mm-hmm. And he gets taken into a room where Stanley Tucci and that guy who's been in everything um, as a security guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, Chai Williams, is he called or something? Um, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, Tom Hanks gets taken into that room and Stanley Tucci explains in English, though Tom Hanks does not speak English, mm-hmm. they can't get translated for whatever reason. Because no, no, nobody speaks the made-up language of uh, Bulgarian. No, well, but this is the other thing. Like, yeah, the, the whole I got so annoyed with the lack of getting him a translator. Yeah, because it was ridiculous. It, it becomes very clear in the first five minutes of the film that the character speaks no English whatsoever. Like, mm. he has a couple of words he's picked out, but he doesn't. Yeah. At the beginning of the, obviously, as the film goes on, he, he learns. He's, he's taught himself a few sentences. Yeah, like how to get to the jazz bar that he wants to go to. Yes. how to hail a taxi and saying keep the change. Yeah, and yeah, he's like got exactly. He's, he's done what we all do when we go on a foreign country. We learn the basics. You, le- you learn what you think you need. You learn to the know. phrases you think you're going to need to know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But this is a giant international airport, mm. and okay, the, what, what Stanley claims to be the best airport in the USA. Well, it's JFK, so it's, it's a yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty big. It's, it's a real international. Well, it's not actually filmed in an airport though. The film they built an airport from scratch. Well, obviously yeah. not a full airport, but they <laughs> they built the set to resemble an airport because yeah. they couldn't get filming permissions in. For the hours they wanted to do, mm-hmm. so which is a very Spielberg thing, and it looks great, it looks very authentic. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of questions about this because, okay, first of all, I had questions about the airline and his trip to America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the plot basically is the reason his visa has been withdrawn is that while he's been in the air, mm. he's been flying over from Krakosia to mm-hmm. America, mm-hmm. 
while he's in the air, his country has had an internal coup or something, mm-hmm. like a civil war has broken out. Yeah. The government have all been assassinated, so all visas have been frozen. Mm-hmm. So he no longer has any... He no longer has permission to be in the United States. Yeah, his, his visa is invalid. Yes, yeah. but they also have no reason to deport him because he's done nothing wrong. So yeah. he's stuck in this weird limbo. So yeah. Fair enough, you know. However, he's the only person on his flight who has this problem. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Nobody else has this problem. Now, he could have had a layover. Yeah, you don't know it was a direct flight. No, he could have had a layover, that's correct. But on the way back, when the war in Kokosia... It is a direct flight. Within minutes, they have a direct flight to Kokosia lined up, ready to go. Yeah. And also, it's a giant international airport in the middle of the film. Well, it's not within minutes. Like, he does have a whole night at the pub Sure, but like, who else is he flying back if not him? (laughs) Just people wanting to go to this recently war-torn country for a little trip, you know, Mm. cheap holiday. Mm. But also, in the middle of the film, there's a whole scene that we'll talk about later, where he established that he's actually trilingual, because he also speaks Russian, because there's the Russian guy who uh, has the medication for the goats. Well, not for the goats, but you know. And he speaks Russian in those scenes. Mm-hmm. No, I think they, they said that he doesn't speak Russian, just they believe that that Russian guy's dialect is close enough to his Krakosian dialect mm-hmm. that they'll be able to translate. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So they didn't but, say that he speaks Russian, but just the language that he speaks might be an offshoot from Russian. Sure. But with that in mind, so he speaks an but offshoot that is close enough that he but, but could be mutually I, intelligible to a Russian person. I, I get your point. Yeah. Get a Russian translator. In a giant international <laughs> airport, there isn't a single person, whether it be a translator or just somebody who works there, mm. anyone who speaks Russian, mm-hmm. one of the biggest languages in the world. You mm-hmm. know? Nonsense. I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe a point too much. It, it's yeah, you're right. But, but I mean, that's not what the film's about. It's not, it's not. But these it made all the other characters look insane because through the whole movie, nobody ever like translates for him. Mm. Like, And as the film goes along, he gets a little bit better. But this opening scene where Stanley Tucci is very rudely trying to just tell him what's gone down in Krakosia, mm-hmm. that's not for Tom Hanks' benefit. That's no. for us. Oh, yeah. It's just time, yeah. pure exposition for us and it just makes him look ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it does. Imagine that these potato chips are Krakosia, uh, okay? Krakosia. Krakosia. Yes. Krakosia. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the potato chips are Krakosia. Okay. Okay. Uh, and this apple. Big apple. Big apple. The big apple represents the Liberty Rebels. Okay. No more Krakosia. Okay. D- n- new government. Revolution. You understand? So all the flights in and out of your country have been suspended indefinitely. And the new government has sealed all the borders, which means that your passport and visa are no longer valid. So currently, you are a citizen of nowhere. Um, after that, Tom Hanks is... Well, so Stanley Tucci says, you are, you're not allowed in America. Mm-hmm. However, we are not allowed to send you back home. Yes. Um, for different reasons. You are a crack in the system. And uh, Tom Hanks is like, Krakosia! Yeah, that's all he says for the first, um, like, 20 minutes. It's just like, Krakosia! Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, Stanley Tucci says you're allowed in like the arrivals lounge or something yeah. like that's that, that's all I'm all I'm allowed to give you. Yeah, and I cannot legally detain you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors over there to America, don't go through it. But the doors right there, yeah. There's not many guts. Mm-hmm. Just well, he's trying to yeah he's trying to trick him. He's trying to like without telling him to. He's trying to lead Tom Hanks's character to walk through those doors. Yeah, because if he does, then he can be arrested for being. Illegally on American soil. Yeah. And then they can just deport him and he's not his problem anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Stanley Tucci's the villain of this film, would you say? 
I guess as close as a villain could be. Yeah, he becomes more villainous as the film goes on. It was very more, more, strange. More, more sort of in the last scene, but again like, with the, like the shifts like, in tone. Yeah, like for the majority of it, you can kind of see, other than a few exceptions, he's just a guy doing his job. Yes, that's absolutely. And, and the system is failing, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's his job to deal with that, but also it's also it's impossible to do it without breaking the rules of the system. Yeah. I don't know if it's because, as much as Stanley Tucci is a great actor, mm. you, you go into a film, you see him, you are primed, or I, I feel like I'm primed to like Stanley Tucci. Yeah. He's just one, because this is what he does, like, and this film came up before Devil Wears Prada, which I think kind of reinvented his career a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like, he's mostly known for playing these kind of like, grouchy but heart of gold kind of guys. You mm-hmm. know, that's why he was in Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of was expecting from this. He's like, okay, he's a bit of a grouch, but he's going to have a heart of gold. Mm. And he doesn't really. No, like, he doesn't. But I think that would have been a better film, maybe if, if the villain in this film was just the system. Because mm. I could totally understand that there's millions of stories, you know, countless stories about that happening. And like, you know, people get just stuck in bureaucracy, mm-hmm. and, you know. It's no one person's fault. It's just the system. Yeah. And if he was like working with Tom Hanks' character to try and like help him out, but the system keeps throwing up roadblocks all the time, mm. then that that would have made more sense. But he, he just seemed petty, mm. like really, really petty. But they didn't go all in on it. Like sometimes he was a complete villain. Mm-hmm. But other times he just seems kind of benign. Yeah, mm. yeah. He was very rude in his description of what had happened to poor Tom Hanks' country, though. But he, like, explodes those crisps all over him. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, like, Stanley Tucci, that's your lunch, right? That is a waste of his lunch. Yeah. That would be your priority (laughs) straight away. Waste of crisps. But also, yeah, Tom Hanks is just sat there, not understanding, because he doesn't understand a word that's being said to him. Yeah. And Stanley Tucci did this weird analogy where, like, his bag of crisps is the country and the apple is... The Uprise? It didn't make any sense. Something like that, And then yeah. he, he just basically punches the crisps, sends them flying all over Tom Hanks, who mm. just sits there entirely calm and collected, doesn't mm-hmm. seem particularly angry or upset. Obviously, he doesn't mm-hmm. know what's being said, but, like, yeah. it's so rude. And he just has to sit there with crisps all over himself for another five minutes while Stanley yeah. Tucci monologues for the benefit of the audience. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Now, even if we could get you new papers, we couldn't process them until the United States recognizes your country's new diplomatic reclassification. Yeah. See, you don't qualify for asylum, refugee status, temporary protective status, humanitarian parole, or non-immigration work travel or diplomatic visas. You don't qualify for any of these things. You are, at this time, simply unacceptable. Yeah, okay, so then Tom Hanks is sent out to this lounge with food vouchers and stuff, and he's shown where the door is, but he's told not to go through it, even Mm -hmm. though it's there, and he can go through it, but he shouldn't. And, uh, yeah, then he stumbles across, across some, some televisions that are showing international news mm-hmm. and, like, Rokosha's gone to shit, mm-hmm. basically, and so that's when he has his a bit of an emotional breakdown. He's yeah. trying to look for a telly that has sound and is playing properly, and he, there's one in the first-class lounge, but he's not allowed in there. Mm. Um, I, I do think this was a very good scene, mm. because it's like, that was where he, it really brought home that, yeah, he doesn't, he because he doesn't speak the language, he's only seeing these images, and he, he recognises his the country's name yeah. and whatever. So he recognizes but he, he can't he doesn't know what's happened. Like he, so he's really frustrated and he's really scared because he yeah. doesn't know what's happened to I mean, does he have any friends and family? We never hear about it. No. We know he's not married or he says he's not married. We know that he he, he has or had a dad. Yes, that's all we know. Yes. Yeah. He had a father at some point yeah. who is now deceased. Yeah. Do we know he's dead? Yeah, because that was the whole point of the Okay. Cool. That plot line. Which... <laughs> yeah. That's another thing when he can't get into the first class lounge. And I'm like, Stanley Tucci, you tie ass. You yeah. could definitely give him a first class lounge pass or whatever. Because this isn't his fault. He's done no. literally nothing wrong. Yeah. And immediately Stanley and, and, Tucci and, and, treats and, and, him like a pest. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess 
he just doesn't want him there hanging about in the airport because it looks bad for the airport. So why not put him to be, away? To, to be like that. And if so that's he, the case, and, I would put him so in first d- class so he's not like out so, there annoying people. And so, just, and so he just wants to have him away. You know, you want to, yeah. he tries to get in contact with, with the FBI saying, mm. if, seeing if they'll, t- they'll take him. Yeah. And no. Mm. And so, yeah, he just wants to force him out of those doors so they, like you say, he can get arrested. Mm-hmm. But none of that happens. No. Tom Hanks is pretty good. He, uh, he holds on. He's smarter. I think that's the, way the character is smarter than he looks. Like, than he, mm. Because he doesn't speak English and he's kind of a bit of a buffoon at first, you think, mm. oh, he's just, you know, you, you, you underestimate him. But he's obviously a, a lot smarter than he's letting on. Like, mm. so he, there's definitely scenes where he, like, figures out what Stanley Tucci is trying to do and he's like, I'm not yeah. going to fall for this. I'm going to wait. I'm going to do this legally or not at all. Yeah. To be honest, up until the end when Tom Hanks inevitably, well, when the war inevitably finishes mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks is then allowed home, there's a there's a bit that goes around that, but that's basically the main plot done. Yeah, he just hangs around in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> and he meets a collective of, uh, and, and, and then side stories happen. Yeah, he, so he, he gathers together a nice little band of ethnic stereotypes to be his friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of whom is the second build, and the only person that you talked about last week when I started doing this was uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yes, and there's a reason why I don't remember her that much from this film. Yeah, watching it back, I understand now. Yeah, yeah, she is not the second. Stanley Tucci is the second lead right. of this. But this is the yeah, absolutely. He absolutely is. You're right. And this is a big problem with this film is the, the writing for the two female characters who yeah. have, have any notes is awful. <laughs> so bad. They are both so bad. Like Zoe Saldana, Zoe Saldana's plot will get to, and that's not really. It, it's an easy enough one to explain. Catherine Rita Jones. It's so difficult to explain what it is. Yeah, but it's undeniably just. Ridiculous. It's because someone decided in the making of this film, oh, we should give him a love interest. He needs a oh, love story. Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this whole plot, you could lift it right out. So easy. It would make no difference. I know she gets in the visa at the end, but it turns out like he doesn't even need to use it. So. No. And he could have got that from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. her whole plot is completely extraneous. Mm. And it's all, like, yeah, this, this it was the plot that... No, it's the plot that would be the second most. The one with Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana was absolutely the worst plot. It's crazy. But this one <laughs> annoyed me because, yeah. Like, poor Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, you know, Pride of Wales, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, yeah. She'd literally just won an Oscar for Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, just coming off her Oscar for Chicago. So she's, like, peak of her career. Yeah. She's like, oh, great, I'm going to be in a Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks movie. This is going to be, you know, a great role for me. Yeah. And then she gets this nothing character who's just so badly written that she just seems... Awful, like she. So, what's her thing? Like, she's an air hostess. Is that right? Did you like the way she dressed? I was going to say, she was just kind of wearing blue overcoat, overcoat wasn't she? It wasn't. Like, no. Yeah, no. no, I don't really like the way she dressed, and I did not mess my pants when we flew over France. Well, that's a relief. Yeah, so she's in this, and she. Well, she's introduced. She's walking across the lobby that he's in, and oh no, her heel breaks. She's such a klutz. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> And the, does she fall over? She does fall over. I mean, okay, one of cool. many instances of people well, falling over. Yeah, we'll get that's that's the drinking yeah we will get to the falling over, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, she meets Tom Hanks. And it turns out that, well, at one point soon after, she starts complaining about her love life. Mm. And basically, she is the woman that somebody's cheating on. With, yeah, she's the other woman. Yeah, she's the other she's woman. She's seeing a rich businessman who we see a few times meeting in the airport. Yeah. And yeah, he won't leave his wife, but she's the other woman that he's having an affair yeah. with, basically. And she, along with the film, tries to convince us that she's the good, the good guy. Yeah, she's like, oh, I, I, even I've told him to get back to stay with his wife and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, she's upset because he's ended it or something. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Her character just was so unsympathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Again, it's, it's another problem with the fact that they... The way they wrote the fact that he didn't speak very good English is that all the characters just ignore the fact he doesn't speak very good English. Mm-hmm. And so they just... Everyone yeah. just talks at him. Yeah. No, And nobody really asks him about his own life or what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. we don't find anything out about Krakosi or, you know, or his, no, no. any family he might have other than his dad. And that's, you know, he mm-hmm. volunteers that information. Like, so she just seems like such a self-involved flake. She's just like, wah, 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 my, my boyfriend's got a wife, wah, wah. And it's, <laughs> like, honestly, like, Tom Hanks goes through... He no, really... it's more, my boyfriend left me for his wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and she just seems like such a flake. Yeah. And it's really hard to... Ca- I just did, could not have cared less about them getting together because she gave me no reason. Oh, well, I'm more thinking, like, Tom Hanks, you can do better than this. You, you can definitely do better than this. Mm. Also, it's a class... This is something that really winds me up. It's a classic example of a film having a female character and being like, okay, rather than, like, write a human being who's interesting and multifaceted and has a lot going on, mm-hmm. we're going to give her one quirky thing to be interested in, and we're just going to hammer it home <laughs> until it... We're just going to beat that horse until it's dead. Mm. And then, so this one, it's like, oh, I love history. Napoleon's my favourite. Yeah. And, the, oh, that got... Like, who has a favourite historical despot? Like, <laughs> say Napoleon... It's like, oh, Hitler was my favourite. Like, mm. Napoleon was a notorious mass murderer. Yeah. It's not really thing to have a favourite of. Yeah, he's my favourite. And the whole movie's all about every, every conversation they then have is informed by the fact that she likes Napoleon. So he reads about Napoleon and mm. it was just... Yeah, she, she was... It, it was a real waste of Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm-hmm. She could do so much better than this. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Mm. Napoleon? Yeah, yeah, I read a lot of history books. They're long and cheap and usually about men killing each other. <laughs> like... 1,200 pages for 9.99. You can't beat that. Oh, but Napoleon. Yeah, he's one of my favourites. Um, Her big twist was, I'm old. Oh, that was it, <laughs> That was yeah. a strange conversation that they yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, <laughs> that was a strange one. She was like, yeah, people think I'm, like, late 20s. And I was like, see, they? Really? <laughs> what people? I mean, I know your boyfriend's <laughs> older, Catherine, but come on. <laughs> I'm 39. I was like, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was five years either way. But, yeah, 39, yeah. Plausible, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also the fact that Tom Hanks is like 60 at this point. Like yeah. 55. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's not like, oh God, you're too young for me. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 39. Ugh, oh, God, no. no. I, I never date anybody over 35. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. But he, do, he goes to such extreme lengths to, over the film to kind of woo her. Mm. Like he reads the complete works of Napoleon, apparently. Uh he built. I mean, to be fair, I mean, this is something that happens in rom coms as well. Where like she doesn't ask for any of this, so mm-hmm. it is on him a little bit, but or a lot. But he builds her a whole fountain mm-hmm. in the toilets, mm-hmm. um, which I'm pretty sure is criminal damage. But that seems to just fly. Well, it was a building site. It was a building, and he site. was a contracted builder. Yeah, he also sets up a whole like romantic meal. Yeah, where all of the awkwardly all of the like ethnic minority characters are just there to serve them food and light their candles and be like yeah. you know on this night of a thousand stars you know mm-hmm. so he goes he does goes to all this trouble to get her this nice romantic meal and then she gets paged and she's like she's like bye <laughs> like well, no, midway through the meal no, 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 no. oh no they throw the pages away you yeah, right. yeah, Sorry, yeah. yeah in that you know romantic moment mm. yeah another classic cliche of let's be romantic by destroying property <laughs> Yes. That we will both need inevitably in the, ne- the next day. The amount of time that they bump into each other. Mm. Like, I get that he lives there and she is now hostess. Like, she travels a lot. But other than the one time that it's set up, it all felt really unnaturally convenient. It's essentially stalking. He's essentially well, stalking her. It's not deliberate other than that, yeah. one, other than that one time it was set up. Mm. Like, I get that. And sure, yeah. yeah, stalkery, sure. Mm. 
But like you said, he's but, always but, there. But like, but like say at the end, yeah. when he gets out of the airport and he gets in the taxi, oh, and yeah. she's just there walking into the airport. Fuck off. Yeah, that's just pure convenience. That's just pure <laughs> no, convenience. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. No, I agree. That's just ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so she's crap. Um, <laughs> and, okay, next story then. Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana. Oh, fuck so- this plot line. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this. Like, this was absolute garbage. Right? Actually, you know what? Let's just, let's just do the cleaner first. Okay, fine. Just because there's, there's not much to say there. So there's this guy from... India? Uh, India, yeah, yes. sure. Gupta, I think he's called. Gupta, that's yeah. it, thank you. And he is just the cleaner of the airport, and Tom Hanks meets him when he cleans up some of Tom Hanks's meal vouchers. Yes, well, accidentally. Yes, while Tom Hanks is helping a, uh, a little girl pack her bag. Right? Helping, in, <laughs> in quotes. <laughs> yeah, and so we asked for the back, and the guy is like, you need to make an appointment on Tuesday. And, mm-hmm. okay, sure, whatever. I think everyone in this film is just written as quirky. Yeah, exactly. They're all just a collection of quirks that aren't characters. The only person who has... A fairly full character is Tom Hanks, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But he's convinced that Tom Hanks is actually a secret agent working for the CIA who's just bedded down in the airport to spy on him. Yeah, and so Tom Hanks eventually becomes friends with this cleaner mm-hmm. who later invites him to do a poker game, is that right? Yeah, Tom Hanks is inducted into the late night poker games, which mm. I think Diego Luna's the one who actually brings him in. Oh, is it? Yeah. But it's Diego Luna and it's this guy and then it's the baggage handler as well, mm-hmm. uh, who's the guy from Pushing Daisies, which is a great show. Sure. They do late night poker games where they bet for not for money they bet mm. for stuff that they've dug out of baggage like left luggage yeah. St- such such treasures as share <laughs> giant plastic fish <laughs> and shares panties oh man shares yeah. panties mm. yeah the singer share yeah who Tom Hanks evidently has never heard of. You know, yeah. Obviously, believe didn't go over big in Cocosia. Mm-hmm. She apparently passed through this airport and one of her bags containing her Panties, mm-hmm. which we are shown, mm-hmm. is reclaimed, and then that becomes a prize in their late night poker matches. Oh man, <laughs> shares panties. Aha! Mm. Uh, I mean, can you God, imagine this, if you this, were this, this film lost all class? It may have still had at this <laughs> point. <laughs> it was a low moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, can you imagine if you just like were at some like poker game or you know games like you, with your mates, and it was like, so what's the prize? Shares panties. Mm. Panties belonging to share. Great. Yeah, I don't want those. <laughs> Can I use them? Is she my size? No, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Having seen her live recently, yeah. I don't think she <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty much his character, really. There's not much more going on there. Well, apart from the... Well, should we save the end well, for the well, end? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just one of the many quirky side characters that Tom Hanks befriends, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess the other thing is, because he's the cleaner, he's mm. always mopping the floor, and he likes to, his favourite thing is oh, to yeah. make people, well, not make people, but watch people trip over on the wet floors, because mm. he does put his signs out, yeah. but people don't read them, and they walk through it, and they slip on the wet floor, and then that, that's mm. the thing that he likes. Yeah. And then, so there's a scene when, a very convoluted, over-choreographed scene where Tom Hanks is wanting to engineer <laughs> a meet-cute with Catherine Zeta-Jones, mm. and does so by getting all of his friends who work at the airport mm. to do their thing, and one of which is Gupta wets all the floors so she can't walk past him, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. That's his role. He's a romantic assistant with the power of his mop. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. His mop does a lot in this film. His mop, yeah. It's, yeah, mm. it's his own character in many ways. Um, yeah, and so other than the baggage handler who has no character. Not at all. Although, strangely, he's really brought into it at the end. Yeah. Like, as if he's been a major character, but he yeah. really hasn't been yet. So, other than him, the only characters that are left are Zoe Saldana and Diego Luna. And Diego yeah. Luna. So Diego Luna is what is he? He works in catering, maybe. He work- oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, he does. Does he provide? He like 
pays Tom Hanks for all of these weird services with food. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he does that. Zoe Saldana works on... On the visa desk. Visa desk, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently she's there every day. Yeah, she never has a day off, no. No. <laughs> the seven-day seven day job, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Tom Hanks starts seeing her every day when he was trying to sort out his visa. He, he makes the same application every day, even though every day nothing has changed, mm. and he gets inevitably rejected. Yeah, even though it takes him, like, two hours to fill out or yeah. something like that. And also... I have, I have a feeling, I don't know if this is true, but I have a feeling that if you constantly have your visa rejected, it counts against you on future visa. Really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would, yeah, because... Yeah, I, I, feel like that, I, I feel like he was harming, actively harming his own case. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which she never told him, but... No, mm-hmm. but maybe in you know the world of 2004 in America, things weren't that strict in airports. Well, it's post 9-11, right? It never comes <laughs> I know, up, I, but it's... I know, I know, I know. Oh, was that the that, joke? That was Sorry. my joke. Okay, right. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so Zoe Saldana, he meets every day, and he bumps into Diego Luna once or twice, and eventually Diego Luna says, hey, I'll give you some food, because Tom Hanks cannot really get much food. No. For a while, he can get quarters by putting trolleys away, but suddenly two two sees to the end of that. He's yeah. trying to make Tom Hanks leave, basically, yes. so trying to make it as difficult as possible. Tom Hanks is living on free crackers and mustard. Oh, those awful saltines, yeah. Which yeah. he never eats because you know Tom Hanks yeah. is like, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> yeah. there's like four or five scenes of that where you see him putting together these disgusting like saltine cracker yeah. with tomato ketchup. And it, every time it's like, just as you got to watch him eat it, it's like, oh, something's happened. Oh, what a shame. I can't eat it. Like, mm. Oh, it's yeah. on the floor now. What? Oh, well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, could he not just say to Catherine Zeta-Jones, hey, look, I'm living in this airport. Do you want to see my lunch? It's this. It's this shit. You look like you've got some money on you. Yes. Or like you've got some money to you. You, you, you seem like that kind of a person. Yeah. Could you just lend me like, well, just give me like $50. That'll get me through like two months. Okay, first of all, you've never spent time in an airport if you think $50 would last you two months. <laughs> right. <laughs> Try two days. Um, at, at best. But also, yeah, I mean, she wouldn't have listened because mm-hmm. she, doesn't, she doesn't care about his problems. Mm-hmm. At no point in this film is Catherine Zeta-Jones like, so tell me what's going on with you. She's just like, oh, that's nice. Oh, you, you say you live here? Oh, I'm, I know, I feel that way too. Anyway, on to my boyfriend problems. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, she's so self-involved. Yeah. Like, wouldn't help. But anyway, so Diego Luna says, hey, I'll give you some food because I'm the food guy. Um, yeah, like canteen food, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some shit food, mm-hmm. but it's food. If you learn stuff about Zoe Saldana, pass it back to me, and I might send her the occasional message here and there. Yeah. He's hopelessly in love with Zoe Saldana. Mm. They have never had a conversation that we can see. Did you just call her Zoe Saldana? Sorry, I, I slurred a little bit. <laughs> Zoe Saldana. I know what her name is. Zoe Saldana. I do know what her name is. Yes. Zoe Dried Raisin. Um... <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, and so there's a bit of back and forth there. There's, you know, a little bit of a montage. Mm. But they literally, Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana never have a conversation. No, they, they never They don't say a word to each other they, the entire time. They film. never meet. Um, until they, well, they have and, a word that's until, meeting at the end. Until eventually Tom Hanks, one day after, after quite a while, he comes up to Zoe Saldana with his light blue form or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he answers that along with, an engagement ring. Yes. And he doesn't say anything. He just sort of looks at her and smiles. Yes. She looks at him and smiles. And then we cut to the next scene. It's Di- like boom, wedding. Yeah. Di- well, no. Diego Luna sat at a table. Mm-hmm. Zoe Saldana comes up behind him. And this is literally the second scene they have where they're on screen at the same time. The first time Diego Luna's looking at her from behind. Yeah. Um, Not a sex scene. He's in these looking through a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, then they've worked out that they're both Trekkies. 
No, he's not a Trekkie. Oh, I got the impression that he was. No, no, he because... just finds out that she's a Trekkie and then uses that to... I don't think he's a oh, Trekkie. He... Okay, well, I took it that he was because he fi- finds out that she's a Trekkie and then he, like, dances around in celebration. I think that's because he's got a way in. He describes her as a wild stallion that he needs to tame. <laughs> that's what he says about her to Tom Hanks at the, at the beginning of this non-romance. It's mm. not promising. I want to make a deal with you. What? What? What deal? What? I need information on CBP officer Torres. You feed me information about her, and I'll feed you. What do you want? No. You see her every day. Yes. I want to know what what make makes her knees weak. What makes her her blood boil, her body tingle. She's a wild stallion. You'll help me break her. I'm. I'm her man of mystery. Officer Torres is wild stallion. Her name is Dolores. Yes. So you help me to win her heart and you'll never go hungry again. I do this. Really? Yes. Promise? Yes. Okay. Thank you. What mean wild stallion? Yeah, then she's put on the ring and she does the live long and prosper thing with her ring on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's all happy. And then, yeah, hard cut to... It's a yeah, wedding. To, They're getting to, married in the airport as In well. the airport, yeah. In the airport travel. Do neither of like, these people have any friends? Yeah, it'd be like getting married at work. It, it, Wait, literally, what, no, sorry, 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 yeah, literally, yeah. 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 Well, I don't know, John, and I don't care. And clearly neither does Steven Spielberg. No, no, obviously not. But like, it's crazy to me that neither of these characters... like. I really found myself thinking through like the lo- the internal logic, which is obviously a mistake, of what Diego Luna's like game plan is here. Mm. So he's like, okay, I'm hopelessly in love with this woman. Mm. Presumably, they've never spoken, mm-hmm. or maybe she's shot. You never get the sense that she shot him down in the past or whatever. Like you know, that's its own plot line. Yeah, but no, mm-hmm. he's just hopelessly in love with her, sight unseen. So he's like, okay, I need somebody else because I'm too shy to talk to her. Yeah. Like, does she not have, like, a friend where he could be like, you know, I'm just thinking of, like, if I've, you know, on occasions when I've had crushes on people, but, like, you talk to their friend and be like, oh, so I really like this guy or this girl, you know, do you reckon she'd be interested, you know, or what can I do to mm. impress her? But no, he just asks this weird guy with broken English to, like, basically stalk her for mm-hmm. six months or however long it takes. It's not quite stalk. Like, all cards are on the table. Okay, all cards are on the table, like, for, yes. for, for the For the benefit of the story at that point. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, it's it's just such a ludicrous game plan. Like, what's the well? I guess the end game is that they get married and mm. live happily ever out. I, I have low expectations for the the future of their relationship. Yeah, pretty much. Like, imagine agreeing to marry somebody that you've never actually met in person. Mm. Yeah, like for all we see in the film, Tom Hanks doesn't actually say anything about Diego Luna to Zoe. No, that's what, that's what I mean. She knows nothing. Yeah, she gets she knows that somebody in this airport. Has a crush in her. Yeah. Could be, you know, it could have been Gupta. Yeah. You know? It could have been Tom Hanks. It could have been Tom Hanks. It could have been a whole long game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's ridiculous. Could have like, been Stanley Tucci. Could have and been you Stanley would not Tucci. want to go out with that guy. I no. mean, Stanley Tucci, great, but... But that character, that character no. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. What a waste of Zoe Saldana. Mm. Yeah, so the film kind of draws to a conclusion mm-hmm. when uh, Catherine G. Jones gets him a visa. He mm-hmm. has a bit of a drink. Oh, no. Well, no, no, so, no, sorry. Gets him a bit of a visa. And then she finds him and gives him this visa while he's in the pub, in the airport pub, drinking because the war is over. The war, yeah, the war in Krakosia has ended, yes. Yeah. So he's, that means that he's no longer a citizen of nowhere. Yeah. There's a new government, so actually he doesn't need this visa anymore, particularly. Mm. And so he then goes to Zoe Saldana with his new visa mm-hmm. and his blue form, and she's like, oh, so you need to get the tooch to sign this. Mm-hmm. And I wish she'd said the tooch. <laughs> that just been his name. <laughs> 
And so, yeah, then Tom Hanks goes to the Tooch, and the Tooch is like, nope. Um, At this point... Oh, no, sorry, he's like, yes, if you go home right now. Yeah. Basically, or... Something like that. This it's is like, where he gets super petty, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, the visa is to enter the US, isn't it? Yeah, he's got an emergency visa yeah. to enter and so, and, the US. And, and so he's basically like, hey, Tom Hanks, Victor Hanks, whatever your name is, go home right now, mm-hmm. or I'm going to fire and deport all your friends. Yes, because, that's it. Because I've worked out all the reasons why I can do so. Yes. Oh, because you didn't mention Gupta, the old Indian guy, he... He, in a scene that we that really like soft pedals this information like two mm. hours into the movie so oh by the way yeah I did kill someone this one time or I stabbed someone they, they, he didn't he kill someone in the chest they didn't yeah, die he, he was being bribed by a police officer mm. or extor- there was a police officer who was extorting his property yeah. his business he would come by every day and collect bribes basically and after the third or fourth day apparently Gupta stabbed him in the, in the shoulder and then mm. fled the country to avoid retribution mm. yeah yeah years ago decades ago decades ago Diego Luna could get fired for running these poker games yes and she McBride, the bagger Chandler, could get fired for also for smoking weed or something that we didn't actually see. But maybe I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know if Zoe Saldana was. Oh no, she I don't was, think she was no, part of it. She, yeah, she wasn't part of it. She say say what you like about her. She is the soul of professionalism. She does not do. <laughs> she doesn't put a foot wrong in that sense. No, no. Yeah, and all this while Tom Hanks just wants to go out and get this um, autograph of some jazz well, musician okay, that, well, his, that his dad was a fan yeah, of. Yeah, that's it. We don't find out why... The whole movie, like, doesn't... It takes an hour and a half, if not longer, to tell you why Tom Hanks is even in America in the first place. Oh, yeah, this was disappointing, but also it has no rewatchability, so it's even worse the second time around. <laughs> I can well imagine, yeah. I got to a certain point, so it's like an hour and a half in, and this whole thing is... This character has been trapped in this hellish, like, airport limbo, mm. which... As somebody who's been in a lot of airports, already gave me a lot of anxiety. Like, yeah. I can think of few worse things than being trapped in an airport lounge for yeah. nine months. Like, it's truly awful. He's put himself through all of this. From, and it's like, the film never explains who he is, whether he has family, mm-hmm. what's going on, why is he here? And all of it's like, why is he here? Why is he here? Yeah. And all you know is that he carries a peanut butter... No, no, the, the, something, the, a, a tin... Some kind of tin. Yeah, an old tin. Yeah, an old tin. At a certain point, Catherine Zeta-Jones, during one of their fights, says, mm. uh, you know... Why are you here? And it's like, finally, someone's asked the question. Mm. And he's like, I have this. This is a promise. Mm-hmm. And immediately, he said, I have a promise. I, there came a point when I was like, oh, God, it's going to be dad shit. <laughs> it's Steven Spielberg. It's always dad shit. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg has a real thing for, like, daddy issues. Like, mm-hmm. So, and I was correct. Turns out that Tom Hanks has a dad who has passed away, mm. who saw a pic- It was so ill-defined, this whole thing. I see him, it was like he was a fan of this jazz group. Yes. Like this big band jazz group of yeah. like, you know, 20 people, 30 people. Yes. It's, um, it's like a famous photo, I think, that's been in museums and stuff of a bunch of famous American jazz singers and jazz mm. musicians all in one place. Yeah. Yeah. And so... In this can, there are autographs from every one of those jazz musicians, apart from one. Yeah, the dad wrote to all of them and asked for their autograph. Yeah. And all but one of them replied. Yeah. And so Tom, even though the dad has now died, mm. Tom Hanks has now left his country, left anyone he might love or care about, you mm. know. And he's not come here to start a new life, apparently. Mm. He's not come here to stay or to escape mm. from attrition or war or whatever. He's just come and he's waited nine fucking months in a hellish limbo in an airport mm-hmm. to get the autograph of some old jazz fart yeah and so for his dead dad and so when Stanley Tucci says Tom Hanks I need you to get on the plane home now yes by the way Stanley Tucci is now leaving the airport he's been promoted no he's staying um, in the airport he's been promoted he, to like 
chief head of the airport or something? I thought he already was that. I don't, it was confusing, yeah. I feel like he got the promotion, but he was still in... It was more like he was the head of the... the it was just a level he above. Not, was he not like a, a regional manager of New York airports or something? How many are there? Uh, there's at least two. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Felt like he already had... He was still pretty much just overseeing the airport. Mm. But I don't know. It doesn't matter. Sure, either way. I mean, also, by the way, earlier in the film, uh, Tom Hanks manages to get a job as a contractor for part of the airport that's being redeveloped. Yes. And Stanley Tucci comments... So he's earning... Uh, what, what did he say? $15 an hour? That's more than I make. Yeah, that's that's more than I make. I'm thinking... You are very ill-paid, well, Stanley like, Tucci. Okay, yeah. sure, pe- people are underpaid. Yeah. But as far as I'm aware, you are the head of JFK Airport. Like, yeah. you, as you said, the best airport in America. Certainly one of the one biggest. Of, one of the, the, one best, of the biggest yeah. airports in the world. Yes. And like, I, I worked this out. I, d- I did this just before now. As an annual wage, what Tom Hanks was earning comes to... £25,000 a year in 2019 money. Yikes. Adjusted for inflation from 2004. Right. twenty five grand. Mm-hmm. That's how much he earns. Yeah. I mean, right now there's a whole campaign... And in- Stanley Tucci, the head of JFK Airport... Is earning less, less than that. Earn, earns less than twenty five yeah. grand. It's absurd. And call bullshit. I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, it would this explain bit. why he was so bitter, but yeah, yeah I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't buy it. For, I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, yeah. Why would you do what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he seems competent enough. Mm. If a little petty, mm-hmm. do something else. Mm. I feel like also some of the numbers that they, that that he kept saying at different points just felt a bit off. Like every now and then he'd say like, "Right, we've got two flights landing. We're about to have one thousand people come in through our doors." I'm like, "Is that all?" Yeah. Like. I'm pretty sure that happened like every couple of minutes well, in, a, in, a, been... in airports of that size. I was surprised. There were lots of scenes when it seemed I... like JFK was just closed, like yeah. at night. I thought airports were yeah. like a 24-7 deal. Yeah. Maybe just the bits that we saw, you know, like those shops aren't necessarily open all the okay, time. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought a giant international airport was I mean, pretty much a 24-7 kind of operation. Yeah, the airports themselves, definitely, 100%. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, they do not turn that many lights off. That's what I meant. It was like that pitch dark. That is a fact. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, how do I know these things, but Steven Spielberg doesn't? I don't fly. I, just think he, yeah, I, just I think never he, fly. I just think he doesn't care. You have flown, but I don't think he doesn't care. Mm. Yeah. So he's like, it's a fairy tale, guys. Just go with it. Just cry. Take your mum to see this film. She'll you know, cry. It's based on a true story, right? Yeah, but the true story is so much darker. <laughs> have you read about the true story? The guy was in for 18 years, was it? The guy was in for 18 years. He was from Iran. Mm. He lost his... He, his country didn't stop existing. Obviously, Iran didn't stop existing. Um, he just lost his refugee papers or they were stolen. Mm. It's unclear what happened. But this guy, the guy who actually happened to 18 years in an airport in France, I believe it was, Charles mm. de Gaulle, I think, one of the big ones. Mm. Is that the big one mm. in Paris? And he has, like apparently severe mental health problems mm. and eventually only left when he got very sick and then got committed, I think. That could be a film. Mm. That could be a very sad film. That mm. could be a film that probably win a lot of Oscars. Yeah. But it's certainly a lot more complicated than this just, like, ridiculous whitewashed fairy tale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, get back to it. Uh, Tom Hanks doesn't want to go home. He wants to go out to New York. Yeah. But Stanley Tucci says, uh, all your friends are basically dead otherwise. Yes. And so he's like, oh, okay, fine, I'll get on the flight. And then he just blanks all his friends. Yes. When he's going to get on the flight, they're all following him. He's just blanking them all. They're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he's so noble. He's so noble. I mean, I don't know why he doesn't He doesn't just say. What's wrong with just saying to them? Because no, he doesn't want them to feel bad. He's noble. He's, it's his hero moment. I guess, but yeah. oh, whatever. I, I'd just tell them. I'd just I know, be, so I'd, would I, yeah. I'd just be like, your boss is a dickhead. Yeah, and this is kind of That's, your fault, guy. This is on you. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, I'm going to save your jobs and to yeah. save your lives. Feel grateful. So, like... <laughs> Please enjoy your lives for me. I'm making this sacrifice. Yeah. I will go home. 
buy another ticket and come back. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll see you in a week, but, you know, you've got your jobs. That's great. Um, Instead, he um, he has a bit of an emotional scene with the cleaner, Mm -hmm. uh, Gupta, where... Um, Gupta just throws him up to the ground and he's just like go home or whatever he calls him a coward he says you're a coward Yeah. and uh, Tom Hanks leaves and then is it one of the security guards or somebody who was over here in the conversations with the Tooch he says he's up to Gupta look here's the whole story yeah Yeah, he tells Gupta what's really good he tells him and then hard cut to Gupta is out on the runway with his mop (laughs) um, (laughs) trying to slow down the plane to Kokosia Causing, yeah, um, causing a huge international incident, putting a lot of lives at risk. Yeah. He's certainly going to get fired and almost almost certainly arrested as well, if not both. Yes. Well, that would... Yes. That He's going to get deported back to India, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he knew that. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was very obvious that he knew that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he does that, which delays Okokoza's flight, which means that, well, he's standing up to the tooch. Mm-hmm. And then the whole airport comes together. It's like, this is so... This is when it reached... <laughs> Peak Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. It's like literally everyone who has ever set foot in this airport is suddenly super invested in getting Tom Hanks through those doors into New York. Yeah. Women he's so, had so, like single so, line conversations with are like, you kidding me, know him? <laughs> yeah. Let me give him some shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like the cleaner from the airport through thick glass and about 200 metres away, he's like, oh yeah, go to New York. Just yeah. go on, go, go. And then Tom Hanks is like, oh yeah. That's a good idea. And so he just goes. Everybody follows him. Mm-hmm. There's a big line of security guards at the main door that Stanley Tucci is ordered to be there. Stanley Tucci is having a full tantrum at this point. Yeah, and for some reason he's just in the CCTV office. He's mm-hmm. not anywhere with any other people. Yeah. Good luck for his reputation, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it'd be like, that man is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then our favourite security guard, who I mentioned earlier and have forgotten the name of, he says, can't let you go outside. Tom Hanks turns around. He puts his coat on, he says, it's cold outside, you'll be warmer with this on. Oh, you could cut the cheese with a knife, <laughs> couldn't you? Like, this bit was, like, yeah. laid on so heavy. Tom Hanks goes out, makes eye contact with Catherine Zeta-Jones, who just happens to be walking into the airport at this time. I don't believe they say anything. They don't. She just gives him a kind of a... She's wearing a, a nice little winter New York hat, and she just kind of gives him a knowing look. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Tom Hanks goes to a jazz bar, meets the guy, watches a gig, gets an autograph, goes home. End of film, yeah. And they all lived happily ever after, apart from Gupta, who went to Indian prison. Yes, it is. It is like <laughs> mid-80s and clearly died shortly afterwards, yeah. Do you agree, though, that this film ended exactly one scene too late? Uh, remind me of the last scene. So, okay, he goes to the jazz bar. He finds the last guy who didn't sign his father's autograph. So he yeah. gets the autograph. The musician says to him, of course, of course, I'll be happy to sign an mm. autograph for you, but we're about to start our gig, so take a yeah. seat and I'll, come, I'll happily sign it when we're done. Yeah, yeah. And then Tom Hanks says, of course, I will wait. Yeah. And I was like, what a perfect ending. Because what has he done for this whole film? Waited. Uh, and then there's a whole yeah, extra scene yeah. that only exists so we can know. It's all right. He did go home, guys. Mm. He didn't stay in America. Don't you worry. This crazy foreign guy's not still here. Mm. It's like, he just gets in the taxi and says, where to? And he goes, home. Which is of no help to the taxi driver whatsoever. But but I feel like that's, that's part of the uh, generic movie drinking game when someone says, let's go home. And the person in charge of driving... What does that mean? But also, this is my cynical nature, but I really, when he finally meets this old jazz fart who's been waiting nine months to meet him, and then he's like, Mm. just let me finish this gig, and then I will absolutely sign this thing from your Mm -hmm. father that that you've you've waited and been through all this shit to get. I really then wanted the jazz musician to clutch his chest to come out. I I was thinking that too, but no, (laughs) no. It would have been so funny. John, you're so evil. I know, but that's the film I would make. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awful. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you thought it too, so you know. I thought it when you started the sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> you knew where I was going. Yeah. I know what your sense of humour is like. Yeah. Hey, is that <laughs> the terminal? I'm just imagining him now, like, grabbing the old jazz guy's hand and being like, sign it, sign yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, let's do Killer Joe. It worked all right last night, so we'll try. Oh, just yes. You, you are Benny Golson. Yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. Benny Golson. I, I am Viktor Noworski. I am from Krakosia. My father, Dmitry Senov Noworski, was a great, great fan of your music. Oh, jazz fan! Yes, Fantastic. Yes. Would your sign your name, please? Oh. oh. Well, I tell you, can I do it a little later? We have to, we have to get started now. Just a minute. Oh, I, I will wait. Okay. Okay. Okay, then, so drinking games. Drinking games, yes. Mm. Okay. First one I've got here, drink whenever somebody falls over. Oh, my God. This is what I mean by, like, <laughs> wild tonal shifts. Like, there's half yeah. of this film that's, like, a sweet little human drama. Mm-hmm. And the half, it's just a fucking Charlie Chaplin film. It's weird, right? Yeah. How many times does Tom Hanks walk into glass doors or oh, fall God. over or run down an escalator the wrong way? Like, mm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good physical comedian, don't get me wrong. Oh, like, yeah, he, he really he, is. It, it made me laugh, but... Mm-hmm. Wild. I mean, sometimes it's done well, like, say, that point right after he uh, walks into a, a glass window. And then he comes um, back. And he, and he comes back and he's just sort of feeling out in front of him like he's blind. Yeah, but he's foreign. He's not, like, from another planet. He knows You're... what glass is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Presumably yeah. there is glass in Cocosia. Like... Mm. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Okay. Drink for product placement. Mm. Oof, mm. boy. Jesus. Burger King paid a lot of money to be in this film. Yeah. How many shots of him, like, succulently biting into a Burger King? Yeah, burger I wanted a Burger King while so, watching this. Yeah, same. Yeah, Starbucks, obviously. There was mm-hmm. a lot of Starbucks. Uh, Borders. Oh. Borders, that was I it, was yeah. like, oh, I miss Borders. I used to love Borders. I don't know what Borders is. Borders is, was like... Is it WH Smith? Yeah, well, it, it was... There were three big bookstores, there were, like, bookstore chains that were... There was, like, you know, bookstore, coffee shop. Mm. It was... It was Waterstones, W.H. Smith and Borders. There used right. to be a huge Borders and Leeds on Brigitte. Mm. But, um, yeah, they went bust about shortly after this film came out. So this film didn't do them any good. Is it because nobody buys books? Well, yeah, I mean, that was part of it. Yeah, they used to sell, like, books and CDs. So it was, like, H&V meets... Wow, Jesus. Yeah. I know. Really? <laughs> really investing in really future-proof <laughs> products there. Yeah, like. Oh, dear God. But Borders was Don't, don't tell me they sold DVDs as well. Yeah, they did, yeah. Oh, no. It was, and comic books as well. So. Oh, nobody buys any of those things anymore. Nope. Or if they do, they go to independent stores for it. All so. gone to shit. Mm. Um, drink another Catherine Zeta-Jones throws up. Throws up? Shows up. Oh, shows up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did I miss a whole plot point <laughs> No, because she just seems to show up at seemingly random. She did, yeah. It's so, like, yeah. hey, remember she's part of this film? Oh, okay. Mm. Did you notice that like most of this film is shot pretty standard like very crisp and clean and mm-hmm. you know it just looks like a modern film mm. you know all of the Catherine Zeta-Jones scenes are super like soft focus are they? yeah like she always seems to be like bathed in yellow light mm. I don't know why no I don't know maybe it's because she's so old maybe well, like, well, we need to light her well to make her look less like a hag yeah like, how old was she at this time, this point? she probably was about 39 yeah. obviously being sarcastic she's a beautiful woman but it was funny yeah, to I'm me yeah I'm thinking she... is she playing her age but also She's 50 now, so maybe she was playing slightly older. Sure. Um, okay, drink for anything you don't think would legitimately happen after 9-11. Sure. Do you want me to give me some examples of this? People running through borders in their Disney shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, they're just running through. Nobody's nobody's flooring them. Nobody's stopping them. Nobody, mm. 
nobody has a gun. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gupta, when he run, he literally runs at a plane with his mop out. Yeah. I mean, he does get surrounded by guys with guns, but he mm. just kind of like smiles and puts his hands up. Like, mm. I was I was genuinely concerned for his safety. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But like, other than those people, you don't see a single gun. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that even in British airports these days, you see people with guns. Oh, like security guards with guns all the time. Yeah. They're everywhere. Well, Spielberg is famously anti-gun, which is a good thing, obviously. Okay. So maybe he just decided he, he didn't want to show that. But you're right. I would imagine JFK is machine gun central. Yeah. Yeah. Like three years after 9-11. Yeah. In that city. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that ties into my next one, which is drink every time Tom Hanks' character walks away from something that belongs to him. Just leaves it. Mm? Which is obviously huge no-no in airports. Mm-hmm. And especially short after 9-11 would mm-hmm. be. Like, remember when he's running up the escalators to see and what's happening? He just throws his bag on the he other escalator. He throws his bag on the yeah. other escalator. Like, that's going to get bombed straight away. That's yeah. going to get confiscated and I mean, up. he doesn't stray very far from it, to be fair. No, but... But, yeah. It happens a lot. There's when he's eating his meal, and then again he just runs towards... I think he sees Catherine Zeta Jones, and he runs and leaves this meal he just mm. spent all of his earnings on. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very easily distracted, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, drink whenever a beeper goes off. Oh yeah, that's such a early noughties, late nineties thing. Yeah. Pages. I'm getting a page. Yeah. <laughs> Let's romantically oh. throw our pages into the fountain. Oh, pages are so annoying. Oh. Hey, they were. They are awful. But... Yeah, and the mobile phones not. No, but like pages were. Like, mobile phones are. Someone needs to contact me. They're calling me. They're texting me. I'm yeah. getting the information right now. Pages are. What's someone's the... trying to reach you. What was the point of a pager? It would be like, you would get a buzz, mm. and it would tell you who was buzzing you, but mm. you couldn't speak to them. It wasn't like a phone. Mm. you just get the buzz, and the number would flash up, or the ID, and it'd be like, oh, I guess I need to call that person, or I need to go to that person's... Like, you know when you go to... The only God, time that sounds awful. It's incredibly it sounds annoying. sounds so bad. It's like, basically just getting vo- voicemail messages from people, but... Missed calls. Even, missed calls, yeah. not even voicemail, just missed calls. The only equivalent I can think of is, you know, sometimes you go to, like, fast food restaurants and you mm. get handed, like, a buzzer, mm. and it buzzes when your meal's ready. Yeah. That's basically what a page was, but for conversation or for meetings, right? <sighs> yeah. And weren't there... This is all from TV. Like, as far as I know, pages never existed. Mm. Um, weren't there pages that you could actually send messages on? I think... I never really had one either, but I think you could maybe send very short, but not, like, texting. Because mm. they didn't have buttons. They didn't have... Mm. They, 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 they didn't How have... do it then? I think they had the numericals, like, but I don't think you could type in, like, actual messages. As right. I, I think. They were for my time, too. They were more for, like, business people. Mm. It wasn't something like, you know, kids on on the playground, we didn't have pages. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, like, a business thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, know. sure. But, yeah, yeah, they're very much a part of this film. It does date it. Yeah. Uh, drink for fish. Great. Stanley Tucci's character is obsessed with fish. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it comes up. He needs to have an interest. Exactly. It's like Catherine Zeta-Jones and Napoleon. It's like, oh yeah, just drink for every character's one interest that makes them... Zoe Saldana on Star Trek. Yeah. Diego Luna's one is Zoe Saldana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does, I guess, his, his obsession with the CIA. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, get, apart from Tom Hanks, gets exactly one thing to be interested in. Yeah. Jazz. Jazz, yeah. That's Tom Hanks' thing. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't with jazz. After La La Land, I just can't with jazz as a plot point in any film. Yeah. I really struggle with it. Some films, it pulls it up. Whiplash, it works yeah. for me. Because yeah. nobody was telling you how good jazz was. Mm, yeah. It was just his jazz. Yeah, here is jazz. <laughs> the thing that really put jazz off for me was Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. At one point, 
Um, sorry, but I'm putting my tracky hat on there. There's one point where somebody comments to Riker about the music that he's listening to, yeah. and he goes, it's not music. It's, it's jazz. jazz. <laughs> and I'm like, oh! Oh, God, fuck off. That's the worst thing you've said, Riker. It's the worst thing. Oh, I love him, really, but yeah. not that time. <laughs> Classic Riker. Classic oh, Riker. Hate him. Mm-hmm. In that one scene. In that one scene, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, does he, he has a classic jazz beard, so of course he likes jazz. <laughs> he plays the trombone. Yeah. I mean, I play the trombone, but not, 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 well, I used to play the trombone, I'm not jazzily. <laughs> anyway, um, last one I've got here. Drink whenever Tom Hanks deliberately or accidentally breaks something. Okay, yeah. So things like the pager. The pager, the suitcase, the yep. little girl's suitcase. Um, what else does he break? I definitely had more examples, and I wasn't expecting you to come up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, there were one or two other things. I could swear. Oh, that was it. Um, the, oh, cha- the chairs. The, the he chairs, breaks the chairs. The chairs. The chairs. Yeah, yeah, he breaks he up does. loads of chairs at the start. He does. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna include those. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, so I had a drink every time Tom Hanks's English mysteriously improves. Oh yeah. Yeah. To be fair, like the concept of time in this film, it's very, it's very hard to tell how much time has passed. Mm-hmm. Literally, they never mention it until at a certain point, Catherine Zeta Jones just says, you've been here for nine months? Yeah. I was like, he has? <laughs> it could easily have been like two weeks. Like It could have been three years. It could have been, yeah, yeah they really don't <laughs> let you know how much, they keep no. it so vague how much time he's actually spending. So, fair enough. Like, yeah, after a certain point, I guess she would. Okay, and finally, drink every time people talk at rather than to Tom Hanks. Great, very solid. Which is essentially the whole movie. All right, well, before we get to sequels, last thing. Um, listeners, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode before, then you can support us for as much as little as you want, if you think we're worth it. If you don't, then fine, don't. But if you do, please go to patreon.com slash set. And if you do support us, you get a few bonus features, um, including a second episode of Beyond the Box Set every week. We review a film release in cinema. What mm-hmm. was the last one we did? Uh, the last episode that came out was, was Terminator. Terminator Dark Fate. We've got Doctor Sleep Ooh. probably coming out this week. Oh, I, don't, I forgot about that one. Yes. That'll be out by the time this episode comes out, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I presume. That's your job. Mm. Um, and then tonight, are we going to be discussing if we have time? Sure. I thought that was already out. Uh, oh, Countdown. Countdown. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was a high moment in 2019 cinema. Yeah, that's going to be a right good episode to talk about. Not necessarily a right good film to watch. No. Or maybe it is. Who maybe knows? Will, yeah. Find out. Exactly. By becoming a Patreon and Indeed, listening. For as little as $2 a month. Uh, <laughs> um, also, there's a few other features. Well, for one thing, you get access to our Facebook group where all the Patreons come together and they talk about various different things. It's a very lovely, friendly part of the internet. Yes. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Once a month, you can have a 30 second advert slot on the main show. Talk about anything you want your own podcast, your own business, whatever you feel like talking about. It's your time. Do whatever you want with it, really. Mm-hmm. Not whatever you want. Not whatever within, you want, but, you know... You... Within reason. You know, keep it clean. Yes. And also, once a month, we do a Patreon episode on the, sh- on the main show, where um, a Patreon can choose a film. They can guest on it if they want to. You don't have to. You can guest in person or over Skype. And, yeah, like I say, the film is yours to pick. It could be whatever you want us to talk about. So all that is available at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. Hi, I'm Lee, and I host Connected Hearts, a Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast. Each episode, a guest and I talk about the game series and the fantastic community surrounding it. From artists, to streamers, cosplayers, and podcasters, we talk about how a dog, a duck, and a boy in silly shorts teaches us that our friends are our power. 
you can find the show on iTunes or grab the RSS feed from Twitter for the podcatcher of your choice, at Podcast Hearts. And hey, may your heart be your guiding key. Okay, John, takes away. Okay, so for my sequel to this film, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things in this film that's definitely kind of puzzled and frustrated me was that they were very, very vague about Tom Hanks's character's past and about what Cocosia was and what mm-hmm. was going on. They, they intentionally just really kept that quite vague. So I thought yeah. that might be an interesting thing to slightly explore. Yeah. So I've pitched a direct sequel, obviously set 15 years on. It's, you know, it's now 2019 rather than 2004. Mm-hmm. At the end of the original film, we assume Tom Hanks flew straight back to Cocosia, having mm got that autograph that you waited nine months for. Yeah. So he's back in Krakosia, and 15 years on, things are not going very well over there. Mm. The new government is very oppressive. The economy is in the toilet, and opportunities for young people in terms of work and education are very, very slim. Mm. So, yeah. you know, something that's actually very common in a lot of countries in Eastern European and former Soviet countries, there are a lot of problems with lack of opportunity, and so certain countries have quite oppressive governments, mm-hmm. etc. So I'm thinking maybe Krakosia is one of those places. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so that's the situation we're in. Tom Hanks is still living there, you know, making a living somehow, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's got a little shop or something, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Anyway, turns out he also has a daughter, who the first movie never thought to mention. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking the daughter might have been, like, a, a little girl when he flew out to America for nine months. So in terms of casting a woman who's now going to be in, like, her mid to late 20s, who's going to be Tom Hanks' daughter, mm. I was thinking Jennifer Lawrence. That works. Because remember that film Red, where she played a Russian ballerina slash secret agent. That wasn't called Red, was it? Was it not Red? No, I remember. I remember what you mean, but was it not called Red? Or was, was it something about a bird? Was it Sparrow Pigeon? Yes, Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow. Series. Yes, I knew Red was in yeah, there. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. No, no, Red is something completely different. It's uh, stands for retired, extremely dangerous, and it's like. Morgan Freeman, Bruce Willis, Oh, is that, that the, like, the Expendables were even older. I was like, John Malkovich. Yeah, I was sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Catherine Zeta-Jones is in that one, even though she's not <laughs> <Yeah>. old. <laughs> there was also Red 2. They, they were She awful. was in Red 2, yeah. They were so any. bad. I didn't see any of them. unreal how bad they were. It was great. Anyway, um, yeah, so... Okay, so Jennifer Lawrence is playing Tom Hanks' now mid-twenties daughter. Yeah. And she also ha- now has a daughter of her own. Yeah. Like, you know, doesn't need to be cast because she's like three or four years old. Yeah. A little girl, basically. Uh, and so Jennifer Lawrence's character doesn't want her daughter to have to grow up in this crappy fake country. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants her daughter to have opportunities. Yeah. So she's like, "Hey, Dad, remember that time when you disappeared for nine months and didn't contact anyone or send us any money? <laughs> well, now it's payback time, bitch. Um, <laughs> I want to go take my daughter to America, and you're going to help me." Mm-hmm. And so then Tom Hanks, uh, Victor, has to get somehow get the family back to America, mm-hmm. and for the long term this time, not for just a. Well, a day that turns into mm. nine months. Yeah. So I'm thinking that his way of doing that, you know, because it's been like 50, 15 years, is he decides to write letters to, because it's, it's the old country, he doesn't have email, whatever. Yeah. Let's say he doesn't have a computer. Yeah. He decides to write letters to all of his old pals that he made friends with back in his terminal days mm-hmm. and ask them if they can help him to somehow get a visa for America. Mm. And I thought this could be a fun way to check in on all of the characters that he <laughs> met in the original film. Yeah. And kind of see where they've got up to in the past 15 years. Sure. I was thinking it'd be funny if it was like a reverse wonderful life kind of scenario where it turns out that crossing paths with, with Tom Hanks' character has actually ruined their lives. Okay. And made things worse for them. Yeah. And he's going to find out now from writing this letter that he's actually destroyed all of these people's lives. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
So he first. I'm, I'm, I'm already completely on board with this. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you could stop now, and I'd be quite happy. Okay, fine. End but don't. Sequel. Okay. Fine. <laughs> so I'm thinking. First off, he writes to Diego Luna and mm-hmm. Zoe Saldana mm-hmm. um, to find out how they're getting on. And again, obviously, he's, he's also asking, "Can you maybe send me some money or help me to give me some advice on how mm-hmm. to get my family to America?" Yeah. Um. So are they still together? Obviously, they're not still together. Good. Obviously, Good. that yeah. relationship was doomed from the get-go. What happened? So, well, this is where we're brainstorming, but I'm thinking that, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. I think she left him after just a matter of months when it turned out that they actually had nothing in common whatsoever, having mm-hmm. never had a conversation before they got engaged mm-hmm. and married on the same day. Like, were they even yeah. engaged for any particular... Anyway, uh, who knows? They had nothing in common. This relationship was doomed from the start. Yeah. So she ran off with a Klingon impersonator she met at a, a Star Trek convention. Fantastic. Played by anybody in particular? Do you have anyone in mind? I didn't want to say she ran off with... Uh, who plays Spock? Uh, Leonard Nimoy? No, the one, she, the one... The Spock that she is the love interest of. D- Diego Luna? What? No, the, the one who played Spock in the same Star Trek movie that oh, she was in. Oh, Zachary Quinto. Zachary oh, Quinto, Oh, yeah. sorry. Yes! <laughs> sorry. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a stretch to say she ran off with Zachary Quinto for a number of reasons. Well, tell you what, uh, give her Chris Hemsworth. She ran off with, well, actual Chris Hemsworth or a Star Trek, a Trekkie played by Chris Hemsworth? Trekkie played by Chris Hemsworth. That'd be funny. Chris Hemsworth playing some kind of a nerd. That'd be really fun, yeah, because yeah. that'd be, imagine like a Trekkie who looks like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, because right? like she's had Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, she, uh, Chris Pine wanted her. Oh, okay, so she's completing the trilogy of Chris's. Yeah, well, there's also Chris Evans, but you know, we'll save him for the sequel. Okay, sure. Yeah. So she runs into Chris Hemsworth at a Star Trek convention. Yeah. What costume do you think Hemsworth is wearing at a Star Trek convention? Chris Hemsworth. Oh, he's been in Star Trek, actually. Um, oh, he did. He played Shatner's dad, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, Kirk's, well, not Kirk's dad. Kirk's, Kirk's yeah. dad, sorry. Yeah. Um, I think that he is playing a Ferengi. A Ferengi? Yeah. Nice. So he's got the full... He's got, he's got all the prosthetics on. Yeah. He's got the, the Ferengi head. Yeah. And you never see him out of it. He even gets married in it. So you never see Chris Hemsworth in his full glory. Mm-hmm. He's always in this film just dressed as like a very tall Ferengi. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Zoe Saldana has run off with a guy at a Star Trek convention who dresses as a, as a Ferengi. Can he also not be that tall? Can it be like a reverse Tom Cruise? Everybody's standing on a box in every scene. Oh, so Chris, okay. so, so Chris Hemsworth is like a, you know, a four foot eight Ferengi. This is like a deep cameo. <laughs> it's like nobody can tell it. He's utterly unrecognizable. It happens. No, yeah, I like it. Happens. It happens. Yeah. Like Daniel Craig's it. been in Star Wars. He was a stormtrooper once. Yeah. No, I like. It, I like a deep cameo. Like, yeah. like Tom Cruise in uh, Tropic Thunder. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was more recognisable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of like a very deep cameo where he, yeah, he, he plays a short Ferengi Star Trek nerd. Yeah. Yeah. And you, there's no way of knowing it's him except in the credits. Like, that was Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, totally sold. I could see him doing that sort of shit I'm anyway. I'm 100% sold on this. Yeah. yeah. Great. So she's run off of that. Um, I would. Of course you would, yeah. <laughs> uh, Diego Luna. Uh, so he's he was heartbroken. Yeah. And he rebounded with a British Star Wars fanatic. I was thinking like a Felicity Jones kind of type. Uh, well, I mean, well, yeah, no, give to- me a better idea. No, 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 totally, it works because mm-hmm. he deserves what he got. Yeah, like he deserves absolute shit. Yes, and he got a Felicity Jones. Yes, fine with that. True. I mean, he's not actually going to become the character from Rogue One because we don't live in that universe. But uh, I'm thinking he married. He rebounded with like a British Star Wars fanatic. Yeah, who can be played by Felicity Jones if you want? Again, maybe it's in like heavy costume or whatever. Mm. But he, maybe she's, also- she's playing Chewbacca. No. 
R2-D2. R2-D2, great, yeah. <laughs> Just voiced by Felicity Jones, yeah. Yeah, an R2-D2 impersonator voiced by Felicity Jones. Just just Felicity Jones just making all the noises, yeah. not even speaking. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He rebounded. And, like, it's a, it's a full-on relationship, yeah. only in costume, though. Yes. So, like, he is actively having a relationship with somebody in an R2-D2 costume. Yes. He's not having a relationship it's with a somebody. Very, it's a very it's, physical relationship. Like, yeah. when they're out of the costume, they're not his partner. No, when it's When they're in a the costume, they're his it's partner. It's purely R2-D2 roleplay, yeah. Yeah. But it's very physical, nevertheless. Yeah. yeah. He's got some flaps he can open. Yeah. You know, nice. yeah, there's a relationship to be had there. Sure. I mean, I feel like this isn't the first time you've thought about this. So. I would. Theme <laughs> 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 of the episode. Yeah, but I'll, all of this is going to be shown in montage, you know, like flashback okay, montage. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You're going to see, like, letter writing. So it's going to be like... Victor, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks's character writing mm. these letters. Yeah. And then you're going to see the characters getting the letters, writing back. And you know, like in films when people write letters, it goes to like a... Oh, yeah. So it's going to be... Yeah. So yeah a a, a dialogue, a bit of montage. Yeah, you'll see yeah. it all happening with a voiceover. So you'll see... Yeah, yes. So Dio Loon's going to explain how Zoe Sardana married a Klingon, and then mm-hmm. he married a R2-D2. Mm-hmm. They also split up. They're divorced. Maybe mm-hmm. their relationship short-circuited. You know? Or maybe maybe she ran away with a, with a, a very, very camp... C-3PO. Oh, yeah. 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 Or maybe a lesbian C-3PO. Ooh. That'd be a little twist on it, yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, well, she left him, so now he's twice divorced. Is, and does, did, did that uh, C-3PO have boobs? A C-3PO with boobs? I don't know. Maybe? Well, what are we saying? Is lesbian C-3PO, are they hot? Well, it might just well, it might be like a... Would I? I don't know, Harry. You tell me. <laughs> it's your fantasy. Um... <laughs> Well, I always think a C-3PO obviously is, is very much a gay man, you know. Mm. I'm thinking a lesbian C-3PO would also be quite butch. Mm. Who do you cast? Ellen DeGeneres. Sure. Rosie O'Donnell, you know, just celebrity lesbians, you know. He's Rosie O'Donnell. Celebrity lesbian. Don't know. American. So I don't think you would have done now. Okay. Before your time. Yeah. She was like Ellen before Ellen. Yeah. What were famous lesbians are, though? <laughs> she was <laughs> Ellen before Ellen. She was a, chat, a lesbian chat show host in America. All right, great. Cool. What other famous lesbians are, though? Uh, on just New Black. Yeah. People. Oh, oh, Leah Delaria. Yes, Big Boo. Big Boo. Big Boo. Big Boo. Uh, Big Boo in a C3PO outfit, yeah. <laughs> would you? <laughs> with the confidence, with the right confidence. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. I probably would, yeah. Great. Perfect. <laughs> She's all the wrong proportions, it's perfect. Excellent, that's what I want, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Felicity Jones art as R2-D2 has run off with lesbian C3PO by Leah Delaria. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wow. This has gone to some places I didn't expect when I was writing this. But I'm on board. Um, yes, so he's now twice divorced, paying, uh, still working the same catering job at the airport because mm-hmm. he has to pay child support for the multiple children he had with RCD2 Felicity oh, Jones right. before they uh, mm. split up. Yeah. So his life's gone to shit. Right, Megan, where does Zoe Savannah go? Oh, Chris She Hemsworth. went off with Chris yep. They didn't have any kids because their marriage ended almost immediately. What, the Ferengi Hemsworth? No, the uh, oh, Diego, no. Diego Luna and... Um, yeah. Zoe Zoe, they had no kids because that was a very very brief marriage it was probably annulled it was so brief like, okay, yeah. cool. okay cool cool yeah. cool great so that's that, that, that's it so he has he can't help basically he's like you know what I've got my own problems screw you yeah yeah uh, sadly Gupta do you was... know any women well yeah <laughs> uh, sadly Gupta was indeed deported back to India where he died in prison several years later so mm. uh, nice work there Victor mm-hmm. yeah uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah. Um, she was inspired to quit the air hostess business mm. and become a history teacher because she loved her history books. Sure. Mm-hmm. Did she go to the year 3000? <laughs> I haven't travelled the busted route. <laughs> <laughs> she married a guy called David. <laughs> See, I know the deep cuts. Nice. I, remember, I remember busted. Mm, well done, um, yeah. Oh, the husband. No, no, so the, the bit on the side, mm. he 
dumped her, mm-hmm. decided to renew the vows with his wife, and yep. she crashed the wedding. I knew you were going Sorry, there. Sorry, that was such a long walk. <laughs> such yeah, a long walk. It was worth walk. it. It was worth yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so she's decided to become a history teacher. <laughs> However, her controversial obsession with murderous dictators got her struck off within six months. Right. She also got, you know, okay. Napoleon. Yeah, 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 yeah. She also got dumped by the rich guy, finally. Mm. Um, and she's now essentially a crazy cat lady living on welfare. Mm. So she's uh, she's she's no help. Oh damn! Her life has also gone downhill. Just checking. She was in Masked Zara, right? Yes, she was. Yes. Is one of the cats going to be put the, <gasps> the puss from Shrek? Yes. He's puss in boots. Puss in boots. Antonio yeah. Banderas. Yes, Antonio Banderas just doing meow noises. Yeah. <laughs> just doing meow noises. Yeah, because it's actually a talking cat. Okay, sure. Well, sure. this one to be realistic. You know? Sure. Yeah. Okay, let's give a hint that they're like redoing the plot from the Mask of Zorro. Yes. But just he's a cat this time. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so that leaves Stanley Tucci, mm. who is actually the only person who sends Victor a positive response. Mm-hmm. He thanks Victor for opening up his heart and teaching him the value of empathy, mm. and says that he'd be happy to make arrangements for him and his family to get a US visa, and they should book a flight to JFK as soon as they have the money. Mm-hmm. So they do. Victor cashes in his life savings. This is not. I, I, this is not going to end well. You don't trust this? No, no, not one bit. Well, you're right not to trust him because mm. yeah. So Victor sells. You know, puts all his life savings together takes his daughter and his granddaughter and they fly out to JFK mm. expecting to have a visa to live in America. Mm-hmm. As soon as they get there, they're pulled over by security and Stanley Tucci reveals that basically he lost his job as a result. He got de- demoted as a mm. result of the fiasco that happened with Victor getting out at that time. Yeah. Got demoted back to his original job where he's been ever since feeling increasingly bitter mm-hmm. on his less than £15 an hour wage. Mm-hmm. $15 an hour salary, sorry. Mm. And yeah, and this this has been a revenge plan and what he's actually done is he's not sorted him a visa and now he's trapped in the airport once again he can't go back to... He's sorted it so he can't go back to Krakowia mm. and now him and his daughter and his granddaughter are trapped in the airport for all time, I guess. For all time. Well, that's, that's Stanley Tucci's evil scheme. Yeah. Obviously, where the movie is going to go, mm. which I've not written, but I'm thinking like, do they get out of it, or do, do we end it there, or do we do they get out of it? Do they, we then spend that time? Is that just the first half of the movie? And the second half of the movie is going to be how they actually get out to live in America. Yeah, I, I think they get out of it because, well, Stanley Tucci maybe he tried to put some things in place, but it didn't work out. Their country is not at war or in the middle of a coup or, or anything like that, and so they're just like. All right, sure. Okay, we're not allowed in America, but we'll go home. And the and the actual owners of the airport are like, yeah, great. Get on the <laughs> so plane. So they just all they've done really is waste twenty four hours of flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wasted and a fl- bunch of, of flying money, yeah. and, and and waiting there and some money. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what they then do, okay, is they start themselves a scheme to get back at the Tooch. Okay. And they maybe something like he's won a competition. <laughs> Or something. He's he's going to be entered into the Caucasian hosted Eurovision Song Contest, and he's going to buy that. Something like that. Yeah, they want him to perform. They want him to be the new Madonna. Okay. Um, and uh, random guy who works in airport is being invited to perform it. I, I think he's got some secret hobbies. He's not alluded okay. to yet. Maybe maybe he wins. The World Angling Championship because he really loves his fishing. Ah, so yours sounds just, more plausible. Which just so happens to the prize giving <laughs> ceremony takes place in Krakowia. Yeah, yeah. And he gets free flights and room and board, yeah. Yeah, maybe let's say it's a nearby country. Maybe it just says Russia okay, in general because yeah. we know Krakowia borders Russia. Sure, yeah. And like he, he doesn't actually realise that the airport he's going to land in is actually in Krakowia and it's supposed to have like a, a bus journey into Russia. Ah, I see. Okay, so that, okay, that's more plausible. He wouldn't be like, oh wait, this seems awfully convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they tempt him back into Krakowia. Yeah. 
And so he he he, he lands there, and then they're just like, Ha-ha, this country's made up. You're screwed now, the pooch. <laughs> yeah. Now your visa's been destroyed, and you're trapped. You're trapped in the airport forever. Yeah. And Krako- I, would, I would imagine Krakowia's international airport is a lot less fancy than JFK's. So. Oh yeah, it's just like a hole in the ground. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Just a couple of uh, a couple of goats and uh, <laughs> yeah. Here yeah. you are. Here's a bottle of water. I'll do you. Yeah. Cool. And then it just ends with Stanley Tucci like shaking his fist and being like, "No." Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I think that works. Yours went some places. It did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good journey. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Never expected to have Ferengi in the same story that we're trapping Stanley Tucci in a hole in some in Middle Krakowia, East. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So fifteen years later. Oh, is this to your sequel? Yeah. Great, okay. <laughs> okay, so 15 years later, Tom Hanks, he walks into a Heathrow airport. By the He's way, got all the way to London. Yeah. Um, I have very much not planned this sequel through. It goes to some places I did not plan at all. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I'm um, excited. So he walks into a Heathrow airport. His passport is, of course, declined. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is taken to a debriefing room where he is told that a military coup has taken place in his country of Krakosia and his country no longer exists. Again? Again. So is he like, oh, not again? Yeah. Okay. Now, due to Brexit... What's he doing in Britain? Due to... I don't know. Due, okay. due to Brexit, his visa to enter Britain, along with his passport, are no longer valid. Okay. And uh, he has no way of getting a visa to get him home, and no way to enter the UK. So as before, he is allowed into the waiting lounge of the airport, of Heathrow Airport, but is not allowed to exit through the very lightly guarded doors. Okay. He's also allowed to access the Heathrow train station, but not allowed to actually board any trains. Okay. You know, he's given lots of hints of, like, you can do whatever you want. But so is there a Stanley Tucci figure who's once again trying to get him arrested? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, who's the British <clears throat> Stanley Tucci? It's a very specific You know what? Type. I thought you said that. Is, is, is he not British? No, he's American. All oh, right, cool. But yeah, who's the British Tucci? Are you going to cast a British character to be like Tucci? Um, Emma Thompson. Mm. Like it, gender flip it, yeah. Okay. Mm. Cool. I can see that. She's good. She's got charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, English isn't an issue for him, so he goes about building himself a home there in his airport, mm-hmm. and he eventually make, makes himself some friends who ask about his story. They comment on how weird it is that this is the second time this has happened to him, and without blinking, he says that actually this is the fourth time that this has happened to <laughs> God. him. God. Krakosi just constantly in a state of collapse. Yeah. And He's it, got to stop travelling. And he, like, he often... He often it's because this often happens in his country, and he tries to get out of the country before this kind of shit kicks off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you ask him, well, how do you know this is going to happen before you know it happens? Mm. You know all this politics and stuff. And he replies that he he said too much, <laughs> and the, the whole thing probably blow over shortly, and he'll go back to his country, and that'll be the end of it. Okay. A few days later, exactly that happens. It uh, all blows over. He goes home. Suspicious. Yeah. Cut to a few years later, mm-hmm. the exact same thing happens. Um, he goes to a country he's not been to before. Make it English speaking. Let's call it Australia. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I've got no dialogue in this. I Good. deliberately okay. not asked myself to do an Australian accent. No. Because I can't. And he gets caught um, in a crack in the system due to his country's politics again. Mm-hmm. The head of the airport pulls him in- into his office and was surprised to see that it is, in fact, Stanley Tucci. Oh, okay. So it's the same guy. Yeah. Okay. So the Tucci's not happy to see Tom Hanks. He comments that, how on earth have they met again? Yeah. And uh, Tom Hanks comments that this is the umpteenth time this has happened to him. And hey, he was bound to, that, to bound to bump into the Tooch again in one of these airports. Sure, you know Tooch has moved around a bit. I guess JFK didn't work out for him. No, he moved to trust, yeah. Melbourne. Sure, why not? Uh, whatever. So Tom Hanks explains his whole story, and the Tooch also asks, "How do you know 
what was going to happen in his country before it happened, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks just subtly goes and locks the office door. Mm-hmm. And then he, said, he, he explains, Crocosia is a made-up country. <laughs> and it is made to look like a small enough country that no Westerner will actually care. Mm-hmm. They have paid off a bunch of the media to tell some made-up stories about the country, you know, having political issues, uh, with the what turned out to be quite successful aim to raise some sympathy for anybody from that country. Oh, I see. So it's all a big scam. Yeah. The, the reality is that Tom Hanks isn't from Krakosia. He's, in fact, an alien from the planet Azokark. Azokart. Krakosia backwards. Oh, okay. Which he says while removing his skin. Um, he then goes on to explain that he's one of the many aliens sent to Earth to infiltrate the busiest places on the planet, the places with the most human footfall. Major airports. Oh, I see. Okay. I can so tell you've been re-watching Rick and Morty recently. <laughs> Your inspiration for this is clear. Please continue. I hate Rick and Morty. I know, but you've been, wa- I know yeah. you've been watching a lot of it. Aren't but why? Asked the Tooch. Mm-hmm. And Alien Hanks explained that they've been insinuating... Ins- ins- instigating? Nope. Infiltrating? Inseminating. Inseminating. All, all the people that they have come into contact with as a as a pre-greeting. A <laughs> pre-greeting? <laughs> Insemination is a free greeting. Wow. <laughs> so basically, when they announce themselves to Earth, most of humanity will well, pretty much be on board and they'll act with grace rather than violence and resistance. Okay. Um, at this point, the Tooch faints. Okay. So he's out for the count. And we then cut to screens all over the world, all with Tom Hanks' face on, implying that Tom Hanks is just the skin that many, many aliens are wearing. Right. So he is not one character, he is many. Okay. Um, as he announces himself as. Uh, Aizo from Aizokark, mm-hmm. um, part of an alien race wanting to say hello to the human race. So he's now no longer hiding behind this persona anymore. Now he's just fully unmasked himself. Yeah, he's announcing at- that he now is. Is he taking over the human race then at this point? Is he like, I'm your new overlord? Totally could be. I, I, I've just sort of left it there. It could. I mean, that, that could be the end there. We could write a little more if you want. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Tom Hanks is basically some kind of an alien trying to take over the world. Why has he gone to Australia? Is, is, is he got a what he's learned the language of English okay he's learned that so he's just going around all the English countries mm. English speaking countries right just to you know tick those off tick off right. the easy ones first mm-hmm. I mean that's the majority of the world yeah sure yeah you could probably get away with going to China and India as well they speak good English there I think at least well, in China mm-hmm. yeah so he's going great. from continent to continent spreading this unification basically just kind of removing the the violent tendencies from from the, the majority of people okay so this, you basically this is a ripoff of the unity episode of rick and morty not intentionally the hive mind character yeah I watched like i said time. this idea never aims to go this way <laughs> um I, I initially was going to have it that tom hanks was actually the president of krokosia okay and, and, and he was hiding from his country. Mm-hmm. No, I like the idea that Krakosia is just a big old scam. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really fun idea. I think there's a lot you can do with that. So now, is it going to be, like, is it going to turn into, like, a Roland Emmerich action movie where, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the, Goldblum and Will Smith in this. Yeah, so now Stanley Tucci maybe is part of a international group mm-hmm. of people trying to bring down... Because he, he knows... He knows Tom Hanks better than anybody. He mm. knows his weaknesses. Mm. So maybe when he comes around, he escapes because Tom Hanks thinks he's not even worth... Particularly mm-hmm. bothering to kill or anything. Yeah, the two could he... become one of these really slimy characters who's mm. who's never like the main villain, but he's always like the guy with just a little bit of information that's very helpful. Yeah, well, he's, he, I feel like he's rec- recruited by a mm. whole. Maybe we can get the whole. We can get Zoe Saldana. We can finally give her her. Oh yeah. Maybe 
Zoe Saldana, mm. in the original film, The Terminal, was working undercover the whole time. She was like a top-level government agent working to kind of keep an eye on mm. Tom Hanks to try and unmask him. Yeah. And the whole marriage was just a whole ploy to basically, you know, try and make him feel like... Gain, she... gain some trust from him. Yeah. Mm. So was Catherine say, Zeta-Jones. Say, say, say yes to anything that he did. Yes, exactly. Catherine Zeta-Jones the same. They, they were both agents. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a whole, like... The US, the, the, the CIA, the top level of the American government, or even mm. maybe the world government, mm-hmm. you know, the top level of anti-alien governments, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, were, it is led by entirely by women. Mm-hmm. So we can correct the fact that the original film writes its female characters so badly. Mm-hmm. It turns out the reason both of those characters seem like such massive flakes mm-hmm. is because they were actually just playing along to try and lull him into a false sense of security yeah. to learn what they could learn. Okay, and yeah, now there's this whole crack team involving Catherine Zeta-Jones... Zoe Saldana, Stanley Tucci, and Diego Luna, all working together to try and bring down Tom Hanks before he takes over the world. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think that could work definitely. Yeah. It could also be like a you could it could be like a weird satire on the fact that Tom Hanks is so like enduringly popular everywhere. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> everybody loves Tom. Hanks. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. He can't put a foot wrong. Yeah, but they need to no expose matter, him. No matter, no matter what he does, and they need to expose him as being evil. Yeah, and I think they fail. They probably fail, yeah. It yeah. can be like a dark comedy. Yeah. Where it turns out that the world just isn't ready to hear, to hear that information. Bit of a Black Mirror sort of thing. Yes, yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think that so works. I called it The Terminal 2 Alien Immigrants. Alien Immigrants, I like it. Illegal Aliens? Illegal Aliens, yeah. yeah. So, something to do with alien, about how that's... Yeah, well, Illegal of... Aliens is a literal, is actually a term you yeah, describe. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was aiming for, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. And I, so, I think that's good. Yeah, The Terminal 2 Illegal Aliens. I think I like it, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Alright, cool. Should we do some listen submissions? Oh. Now, I've got to admit, the post I put out this week, I um, experimented a little bit and reworded it. A lot of what I've got here is just reviews. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I had a lot of reviews too. Yeah, I think the majority I've got here is reviews. I, I may have one or two. I've, I've not read through all of them. Because I posted on our social media, I was like, it's everyone's fifth favourite Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg that's movie. What I, that's, that's basically what I said. I said, Tom Hanks fans rejoice. In this post, we're going to talk about one of his more unheard of, yet kind of good films, The Terminal. Yeah. And... Yeah, I got some blowback from that too. People like this. Or, yeah. yeah. Anyway, you do yours first. <laughs> okay. Um, so I got Mikey Thomas. He said, I love this film. It's really underrated. Mm-hmm. I disagree, but great. Sure, yeah. Jeremy Clayton, nearly said Jeremy Corbyn, he said, I was once stuck in Portland Airport for five days and only escaped by playing the lobby piano for tips until I could buy a ticket on a different airline. I have lived this movie. I was going to ask, actually, what's the longest you've been trapped in an airport? Have you ever had a problem with... Or what's your worst airport experience? Well, I don't really fly, and I've not had that many flights in my life. I've not really been stuck anywhere. Well, let's see. The best I can say, actually, uh, back in 2010, I was flying back from Iraq. That's a different story. Oh, yes. And many people all around the world will remember that a volcano went off in Iceland. Oh, yes, of course. And when that happened, the pilot of our plane came over the speakers, and he said... So, afraid we're not going to be able to land at Manchester Airport. We're going to have to divert to Heathrow. Um, a volcano has erupted. Um, that's all he said. That, wow. And I was like, oh my God, a volcano erupted in Manchester. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a turn up. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I don't know if he, he was withholding any information he had, but it was like an hour later or something before we found out the volcano was in Iceland and it was just like there's dust in the air or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were one of the last like two or three planes to get into Britain. We were I mean, surely your parents knew that there's no volcanoes in the UK. Right? I mean, that's what they told me, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. But 
Also, I, I, I pretty much just recited what the pilot told me. Okay. Like, <laughs> we can't land in Manchester, a volcano has erupted. <laughs> Amazing. I, I put two and two together and got five. Sure, sure, sure. But, yeah, you yeah. know. So, yeah. Uh, Patrick Fitzpatrick. That's not a real name. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Um, said, I saw this movie for the first time not that long ago, and I really enjoyed it. Hanks is just so gosh dang charming in his roles. Well, he is. He, he really Und- Undeniably is. so, yeah. Yeah. Gary Gorecki. It's a good time, and Cassian Andor winds up with Gamora. So, yeah. Clearly a sci-fi fan. Yes. Warren Genders, maybe, um, said, I heard about this movie and was like, damn, that's cool, I want to watch it. And spent like two months trying to find a copy in a CEX, and then realised it's on Amazon Prime. But I very much enjoyed it. Bloody quality, mate. Great, great story, bro. Yeah. (laughs) You can do what you want with these. (laughs) Rob Goodwin said, one of the realest things I ever saw represented in a movie was from this film. Uh, when Tom Hanks figures out he can get quarters to buy food by returning people's carts for them. And then the airport people notice, and they're like, nope, can't do that. And even as a kid or teenager, I was like, are you fucking kidding? Mm-hmm. So, That's true. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a bit ridiculous, but I get it. I see what they were trying to do. I'll tell you what wasn't real. The idea you can get a full Big Mac meal for 75 cents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seemed unlikely. Yeah. Jamie Martin says, I've never seen it, but the sequel should be called The Twuminal. Terminal, sure, yeah. Terminal. Mm-hmm. The Terminal, yeah. Jake Amdahl says, is unheard of. It got much praise. Fair enough. Vinay Patel says, one of my faves. Josh Reed says, I didn't even know this film was considered underrated. I consider it one of his best. Tom Hanks or Steven Spielberg? I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe neither. Yeah. Mm. Probably Tom Hanks. I think that's Probably what meant Hanks, most yeah. in the post. Sure. Chris Tyler says, I loved this movie when I saw it in 2004. I haven't rewatched it since, but I really need to. Favourite scene I can remember is when the Tooch is trying to subtly explain how Victor can Tom Hanks can stay in the country if he's afraid to go back home. It's so funny and sweet. That was a good scene, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's like, you need to say you're afraid of going home, and he's like, I'm not afraid of my home. Like, mm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Cool, I have some as well. I'll start with some of the reviews, because I also got some reviews on Twitter. Yeah. At uh, Gidget Von LaRue said, charming film. Mm. Mike Mike and Oscar, at MM and Oscar, said, undeservedly hated, movie is charming as hell. Hmm. I don't know if this movie's hated. It's more just like average, I think. Yeah. Came yeah. and it went, you know. Yeah. Uh, at Depressed Movie said, For me, it's one of those, oh yeah, that film films. Because it never <laughs> stuck in the memory after watching. It's a good watch while it's on, though. But it was wedged between the four best Spielberg films this century and is all the weaker for it. Mm. Assuming it's films he directed, so that would be AI Artificial Intelligence, mm. Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, and The War of the Worlds. As you know, I think it's it's said sandwiched in between. So I think it, what it is is Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, War of the Worlds, and Munich. Okay. Yeah. They're not all great, those no, ones. No, I would say War of the Worlds is meh. Yeah, big That's time. very much in meh. But fair enough, you know, to each their own. I've not seen them all, though. No, true. Me neither. Uh, okay. At Ballroom Pink said, this film is bleak. It's not that bleak. Not, maybe just bleak as in bad. It, well, <laughs> it's, not, it's fairly uplifting, I'd say. Yeah. It's not majorly depressing. Yeah. Could have been way worse. Yeah. At Milstead Movies said, I thought this was an incredibly average film and possibly Tom Hanks' weakest performance. Ooh. It was just him waddling like a duck around the airport, eating at Burger King, and don't even get me started on that wedding. That's not Tom Hanks's problem, though. The waddling might be, I don't know. Yeah. I think Tom Hanks played the part very, no, I, I very agree well. No, I agree. I really like the film. The film definitely has its problems. Yeah. And the writing and everything, but Tom no, Hanks. No, I think Tom Hanks is the same. He knocked it out of the park in this. Yeah, I know, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. But, you know, to each their own. 
At Ronnie Howell at 33 said, Stanley Tucci should have got his Oscar nomination for this movie instead of The Lovely Bones. Because I think that was the same year. I would say Stanley Tucci should have had his Oscar nomination for The Devil Wears Prada, mm. if anything. So, mm. yeah. And uh, at Daniel 23 Hardy said, nope, it still sucks. <laughs> I also have some uh, actual sequel suggestions, though. Yay! Nathan Countryman said, The Station... An employee keeps poor Tom Hanks from getting on a subway, destined to travel at most 35 blocks. The entire runtime of the film takes longer than it would take for Hanks to have walked to his destination. <laughs> Great. Matt Hanley just suggested The Terminal 2. Thank you, Matt. Always a pleasure. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that one. Yeah. Michael Gettings said, An airport gets stranded in a man. <laughs> sure. That's very Rick and Morty. Interesting, yeah. Jed Jong said, Chuck Noland is on a promotional tour for Wilson Volleyballs. And happens to meet Victor Navorsky, who's now an American citizen at the airport. Mm-hmm. There's no comment on the uncanny physical resemblance. They wind up on the same plane that crashes. They are the only two survivors and make it to a desert island, mm-hmm. starring Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks. Mm. So I guess that's Tom Hanks meeting his character from Castaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, God, I hate Castaway. I know. Well, you would only made us do it that time. I know. It's such a good premise. Yeah. Well, now you know. Trebert Rintala said, Tom Hanks gets murdered at the airport for standing in the middle of one of those moving sidewalks instead of actually walking. Wow. Jesus. Pulled a panga right there. Yeah. Uh, Jose Martinez said, Terminal 2, remission. Yeah. New terminal disease. Rem- yeah, yeah, remission. Yeah. Asher Shulman said, Terminal 2, terminal velocity. Tom Hanks can't get on an airplane, so he boards a rocket to space instead. That's such a good title. Oh, Termin- my God. I think that's a film, Terminal Velocity. Uh, I don't care, but it's the best it's title, title we've got right there. The rocket malfunctions and turns around and falls to the earth at maximum speed. Oh, dear, very sad. Brian Markowski Wait, said... Wait, what happened? Does he survive? He's left it wide open. Oh. Brian Markowski said, The terminal, Nater. Tom Hanks's character is sent from an airport in the future, pursued by an android TSA agent for carrying too much hair gel. Wow. He must now save the past to change the future. Yep, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hendricks said, Too fast, too terminal. Victor pays for TSE pre-screening and gets where he's going quickly and without stress. Mm. So that's getting his visa approved before he leaves his home country. Yeah. So just, yeah, a little bit of extra safety. Uh, Stuart Jip said Terminals of Endearment. Mm-hmm. It's in Terms of Endearment. Yeah. Classic movie. Yeah. Uh, Sam Ray said The Verminal. He gets stuck in a giant rat. Mm-hmm. Sam Rose said he gets a job at the same terminal and tries to adjust to life in his new country. His past experiences help him to relate to things that happen at work. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, at Betamax Pod, said, Terminal 2. He can still use the same tube station, but with slightly different concessions and the opportunity to dine at Weatherspoons. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, that definitely good. works. Yeah, there's some good creative <laughs> ideas there. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can please leave us a five-star review, which really helps us to expand our listener base. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for people who would raise us five stars or more if they could. You can find all of those links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, mm-hmm. we have another Patreon episode coming up. Oh, great. Yeah, so this is a Patreon called Stephanie Marsh. She mm-hmm. has opted not to join us, but she has uh, requested a film. Sure. It's a film that I'm very fond of, mm. which I don't think you've seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to discuss this one. Next week, we are going to be doing Bridesmaids. 
I have not seen Bridesmaids. No. Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, okay. Maya Rudolph. Okay. Good cast. Chris O'Dowd from the IT Crowd set. Okay. I think this right. is a good one for you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it'll be a good one. It's a, it's a fun film. I really like this film. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Stephanie, for that request. Mm -hmm. Will she be making a a submission of some kind? She's not going to come on. I'm not sure if she's going to have a written submission. Mm. But, uh, no, I think she she just is one of our quieter patrons who would just like to Mm. hear us talk about a film that she really likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Nice. All right. Great. Great. I'm looking forward to Bridesmaids. Thank you, Stephanie, for your support. And, yeah, join us next week for Bridesmaids. Lovely. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Krakosia! Krakosia! <laughs> Krakosia! Right. Mm. I don't think, uh, I don't think he, he gets it. Okay.